This episode of Dopey is brought to you by Aloe Recovery. Located in sunny Southern California in Malibu and Silver Lake. Created by our friend Bob Forrest and his friends Evan, Jared, and Bob. Aloe was created as a place for addicts to go to be treated with compassion rather than control, which is a great thing. They have a detox that is comfortable, and if you're kicking benzos, alcohol, or heroin, that is key for a good detox. They have amenities, including surfing, sound bath meditation, equine therapy, and sweat lodges. Um, which sound like amazing amenities. They have an amazing team that treats co-occurring mental health disorders, including severe mental illness. So if you're fucked and you have nowhere else to go and you're willing to go to Southern California to get well, I strongly recommend going to Aloe. I think they'll take good care of you. This episode of Dopey is also brought to you by CASL, which stands for Clean and Sober Love, the dating app for people who choose the sober way of life. It was created by one addict helping another addict to date safely. So here's the reality. You got clean, you got sober, you got a new life, and now you're ready to fucking date. So where are you supposed to look? Christian Mingle? CASL is the solution. Dating in recovery is real and worth considering if you have your shit together. CASL is the platform where you can meet like-minded junkies and alcoholics in recovery all over the world. Install the app now on the App Store or Google Play Store. Oh, and by the way, it's completely fucking free. This episode of Dopey is also brought to you by listeners like you in the Dopey Nation through the power of the Dopey Patreon page. That's www.patreon.com slash dopeypodcast. Throw a few bucks. It's fucking Christmas. What the fuck? Anyway, and if you want any dopey stuff, go to the Dopey store at dopeypodcast.com and you can get hoodies and shirts and stuff. If you want the new beautiful Dopey socks or beanies, Venmo me at Dopey Podcast. Enough with the ads. Here is the fucking show. Hello and welcome to Dopey, the podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. And I'm Dave. And uh, I, we just recorded 25 minutes, but I made my friend start over because I'm a dick. Um, and I apologize, but we are at my dad's house, and the great Peter is back on the show. Yeah, what's up? You know, like uh, like the great rappers, Method Man and all those guys, they don't do multiple takes. They're like, they just walk in, do their bars, and then they're gone. I'm sure they do multiple <laughs> takes. You think? Definitely. Okay, are you right. kidding me? Definitely. <laughs> and um, this is the Christmas episode, first of all. And uh, and Peter, you don't give a shit about Christmas? Uh, well, I, you know, I, I, I vaguely like Christmas uh, music. Do you like Christmas music? Sure. What well, do you I like? like? I, you know, well, I mean, Handel's Messiah is my favorite uh, piece of music of all time, probably. Here, and give me, sing me a little bit of it. I'm not going to sing. How's it go? <laughs> I'm not going to sing. Just Handel give me Messiah. the tune. There's, it's, it's four hours long. Dave. Just the, the tune, the part that I would know, so I know what you're yeah. talking about. The part that you would know is is the one part that I don't like, which is the Hallelujah chorus. It's famous. It's not important. Let thing. me just hear a little tune. Yeah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. You know, you know. Hallelujah. Yeah, I, but I, that's the one I actually don't like. I, I, so what's, I a, what's a piece of this, the thing you like? The other, I'm not gonna, there's a million Just give them. me a little bit. Uh, From the Lord God of <laughs> Is that it? Yeah, that's, that's it. You don't you like heard. that part either? 
Not no, actually. Give me a part you like. I'm not going to because it's just a little bit. Dave, it's not going to happen. Just you can't give me a fucking little bit of the fucking Hallelujah or the Messiah. You know who loves the Messiah? Who? My dad. Okay. He loves it. Every year he goes to see it. So now I like it a little bit less, but I still love it. I still love. No, I'm kidding, right? I I, yes, music is very personal to me. Like I don't like to like the music that I really talk to me. I'm listening. You know, yeah, it's it's it's. The, the Christmas music in general, I love like you know Anglican or I used to love Anglican hymns and stuff like that. So I yeah you know, I like Christmas music. Here, give in me general. a little Anglican <laughs> hymn. I, I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm not going to sing music that I enjoy on on this podcast for you, Dave. Maybe in some other format. But uh, my what point, would be a format that you would sing an Anglican hymn on the podcast? <laughs> a podcast about Anglican hymns, for would example. You, would you go? Would you? No, honestly, would you <laughs> go? Would you go on an Anglican hymn podcast? Would you do that? Sure. So can we just pretend this is a fucking... <laughs> no. a- can you just give me a little bit? I want to hear it. No, I, I don't even know. Look. Peter, let me say, Dopey Nation, Peter was once one of the greatest singers I've ever known. <laughs> you give him music and he sings it like a bird in a fucking cage. Because and here he is at the kitchen table, not willing to throw down an Anglican hymn. And you know why I was so good at singing? Tell me. Because I only sang when I wanted to. Well, that, yeah. <laughs> right? Well, that was, that was probably why you weren't, why you didn't make it. Because you, <laughs> right, right. Because you had these conditions right. to what you're willing to do. Right, right. Now, it, was, it wasn't my voice that, 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 that people liked. It was the whole, it was the, the package. Well, yeah, yeah. But that was your stupid, that was the self-defeating belief. Yeah, well, you take the good with the bad, you know, in everything. You were a great singer. The thing that was the worst worst piece was that you only did it when you wanted. That was one of the well, worst it was, pieces. It was just, I mean, the, in my whole life, I've been, you know, it's, it's been extremely difficult for me to, like, force myself to do things that I, that I, that I don't want to do. Uh, and I'm not like, that's not a good thing. You know what I mean? You should be able to adapt. It's a terrible thing. Yeah, it's terrible. It's, it's one of your biggest, yeah. biggest flaws is that you can't, that you, you, you're, it's self-doubt. It's these weird right. thoughts get in the way of doing something. Or also it's things that, that I think are evil. Like when I say things I don't want to do, like if, if it's freezing outside and you ask me to go to the store for you, uh, obviously I'm happy to do that even wow. though it's cold outside. I'm talking about things that I think are like, you know, like, I don't know, singing a song when I don't feel like singing. Like, do you remember, do you remember that? You probably don't remember it, but do you remember when we were, uh, I don't even know if you were there. But there was one time when we were in Port Chester with uh, with Jake and Justin and all those guys, and they were like trying to pressure us to to, to do those songs, and like they kind of forced forced us to have a rehearsal, and I like couldn't even sing in the rehearsal. I remember that. You, you, I was on heroin. Yeah. Like I was on heroin big time. Justin I remember, probably would remember that. I remember. Um, I remember like a lot of good and a lot of bad. I mean, yeah. for example, the theme song to Dopey were in those sessions. That yeah. that music was then. Oh yeah, I know. Well, you know, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, yeah. I remember um, before every practice, I would go down the hall. There was a bathroom like down the hall. Do you remember that? It was like in a loft. And yeah. I would snort heroin uh, before we would play. And, um, and like there was a lot of personality conflicts between Peter and Justin and Jake and John. Well, no, we all got along, though. No, but there, I mean, as somebody who was very, very much in tune with you and Justin, <laughs> yeah. there was a lot of like intrinsic, you know, not getting along and I could tell where you didn't want to do something or Justin thought they were idiots or whatever. But to me, like we recorded, I had just, me and Justin had just written good. So bad then. And we had recorded like a great version of good. Yeah. So bad, easily the best version that I've ever been a part of recording. And it's gone forever. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what happened to it. And we recorded that song. If I'm not home out walking around and we recorded the song, the girl of mine, which I really liked. And then what you really didn't like, well, this girl of mine. <laughs> those are all great songs. I love them all to this day. 
But whatever happened to that? That that one. Sorry, I didn't mean to go off on a tangent. You were why, just reminding me of all these. Songs. Why did you have, you sing that song? You know, it does sound like that. Um, but it, you, it sounded good though. Yeah, but I mean, like if people sing a Bob Dylan song that they love, they're gonna sing it the way Bob Dylan sings it. If people sing a Bob Marley song they love, they're gonna sing it the way Bob Marley sings it. They're not gonna sing it. But that was way. that was the point. The point yeah. was with your the reason you had such a bad experience there was because they were your songs and you didn't know exactly how they should be and no, they were trying to make them a certain way and you it made you sick no i knew exactly how they should be that's why i made those recordings the whole don't you remember the whole the whole reason that like Justin, all those guys wanted to do it was because of your four, the great four track tapes. Yeah, when 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 Liza and all those people went away for uh, for, for for two weeks, and I had like the the room, the apartment to myself, and I just did all that stuff for those two weeks, which is the only time I was ever like. You didn't have lyrics though; that was an issue, right? You well, know, some, I had some, but not full. And I was so they, going as fast as I could. Well, they and they were trying to they were trying to take your songs and kind of put a very poppy '90s. Sound to them like who was? I, who was? Jake and John. Oh, okay, like I mean, I think like what I'm thinking of is like you. You had a song. You and Justin had that song, "Sweet Rings." Yeah, and you and Justin had that song. Um, I want to go around with the world. Oh, that was great. Yeah. yeah, but so what did you not like? What do you mean? What did I not? You like? just said you couldn't sing. You felt sick. You didn't no. I'm just. Do it. it was just like one. It was just. I just remember there was one rehearsal. I th- I don't remember what was going on in my head at that time. I just remember the incident and i remember just being like kind of like feeling bad and also like just wondering what i should do i was just uh that was the end of the band kind of yeah what i remember and you don't remember it the same way what i remember is we had one rehearsal they had three rooms and there was one room with like a red light on and we were all in the room and uh and justin was playing keyboard and i was playing guitar and you were either playing keyboard or guitar and Jake and John were playing, and it was the first time that you, me, and Justin played instruments, and you were singing, and I was like, wow, it's really a band kind yeah. of thing. And like, and it was very psychedelic, and we were doing that Midnight Rider beat mm-hmm. thing, and it was really yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Um, and I thought it could have been something. And for me, you know, my biggest regret, you know, it's not my biggest regret. I have a lot of regrets like you do. That's why when I make fun of your regrets, <laughs> it's because I have a lot of regrets. Yeah. Um, we just deal with it in a much different way. My biggest regret was not really taking a shot at having a band like in a real like me being in your band or or their band or and can I mention the name of the band like the because your no. band your band just put out a record on Spotify did you see that I don't want to talk about it. no don't don't mention the name Why? let people fight. mention it when I'm not in the room <laughs> okay. okay but um but Peter was in a band and I I played it was on- awful but anyway go on go on. I mean, I was, I was like, I was like, that was, that was when I did force myself to do something I didn't want to do, and it was like, yeah. Now I look back on it, like I wish I hadn't. You know what I mean? I do. <laughs> I totally like, go do. On. Yeah, yeah. But um, my the thing that I I regret is not having had a bunch of friends and and just doing it super homespun and getting on the stage and like we always had like a mechanism, like we played ska music or we played you, reggae music and. Like it was like bigger than the band, but you couldn't have done anything back then if, when you were on heroin, though. I couldn't have done. I could barely play. Yeah. you know what I mean. It doesn't matter. It's my <laughs> fantasy. Yeah. Um, but Peter um, is somebody who comes on the show because uh, he's my friend. He is a you're a professional broadcaster, basically. Well, I was for a while. <laughs> now, now I'm a. <laughs> now I'm. Now not sure what's they going don't on. pay. Do they pay you for the Peter has a new show? Yeah. What's your show called? Uh, it's. It's, 
I'd have to, I'd have to explain everything. No, it's 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 it's. I was I was a sports betting guy for 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 many years, and uh, I guess there were people who wanted me to start doing it again, and so I uh, mostly you what wanted to do it again. Yeah, no, but I mean, like there were people who no, yeah, there were no. fans clamoring for your return, and that's why you came back. You're saying. Because the fans clamored. Don't make fun of me for that. I, I'm, I'm super flattered that there were people who were like I'm, asking for me to what do I'm, it. What no, I'm I saying don't. is you did it because you wanted to do it, not because people wanted you to do it. Yeah, right, right. But I mean, part of the reason that I wanted to do it was because I was aware that there were people who would be made happy by it. Like if I did, in other words... It's it, a chicken and the egg. Thing. No, I'm saying if there, if, there, if, there was, if, I, if there was no one who I thought would enjoy it, then I wouldn't want to do it. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, so Peter does this gambling show. But anyway, so I, yeah, so I started up again last week, and uh, you know it's been going very well. Yeah. Where is this leading? Where is where is this discussion heading? Well, I mean, the point is that my friend Peter, who's on the show right now, who who had a career in gambling, uh, what do you call it? Gambling YouTubing, well, sports betting, sports yeah. betting prognostication. And and then suffered. Uh, some well, no, I was just I was just a uh, I was uh, I was a YouTube YouTuber personality. Yeah, you were for a, a company. You were a, a very very non influential influencer. <laughs> yeah. um, so he was he was doing all this stuff, and he was struck with this terrible depression, and he clashed with his employer, and they went separate ways, and he moved back to New York, and he was struggling in New York. He, his friend gave him this amazing job, showered him with love. Gave him a place to live, and Peter kind of came back alive a little bit. But he's always been on the precipice of doom and gloom. And 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 when he comes on the show, people have people have always loved you on the show. In fact, you know that there are people who listen who listen to you separately. They're separate Peter fans and Dopey fans, and they say, "I can't believe you guys are friends." <laughs> That's wonderful. I mean, every everything you just said. Was that's all like vaguely accurate, but not not completely accurate. Oh, give me it's, a break! It's, it's close. Here, make it clear. Make it clear. Uh, no, I mean, like I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even remember what you just said. But yeah, it was it was it was mostly true. But the not, point not is this: accurate. that Peter struggled with depression, and, and and you struggle with depression. However, you, what you said to me when you came in is you're feeling better because you've been on this streak with this show. Well, yeah, I mean, we talked about this in the in the part of the show that you're not gonna that you're not gonna air, right? No, 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 you're ruining. Don't ruin the stupid show for me. <laughs> no, because we talked about this already. But we're gonna talk about it. They don't hear it again. They're yeah. never gonna hear that part. That part went too long, and then too many weird things happened. <laughs> so I stopped it, and I decided we were gonna start again. So okay. this version of the show right. that we're doing right now, and I apologize, Dopey Nation, that Peter has broken the illusion that this is the only time. Forget that anything <laughs> happened. Say everything again. I don't care. Well, maybe I sh- you could like clip the part. No, that it's I gone forever. It's gone forever. Yeah, I mean, we talked a lot. It was interesting stuff about about like the definition of depression. Well, and now about- do redefine again. Okay. Well, I just said in the other part that it was like don't uh, mention the other part again. <laughs> that. Um, it almost seems it almost seems to be in vogue uh, when when I came back to the United States uh, that some people were like it was almost like like cool to to, to be to say you had depression or something like that which made me uh, you know kind of sick. We talked about this 
a lot in the other in the other segment. Don't talk about the other <laughs> segment. But yeah, I think that you know there's a difference. See, be- that's passive aggressive. No, I'm I just- said to you, is it okay with you if I delete? You said it's your show, man. You do what you want. All I'm and saying, I is thought the- you were you were playing, but it's obvious now because that was the good part. And they're not clipping it. There's that's gone. You it, could clip, of course. It's, you it's could. gone. It's deleted. It's but gone. It can never because, come back. Because I I I don't remember exactly what I'm what I said. So when you're saying the same, what thing you said time. wasn't that brilliant. No, but it was a good <laughs> idea. It was brilliant. So go on. Why don't we go back to the idea? It was right. a good idea. Yes. All I was saying was that uh, you know, uh, you know, the, the, there's this idea of of that like all depression is is this like you know medical condition where you have a chemical imbalance or whatever. And uh, you know, uh, and I, I mentioned that there was a, a quote I think by Jim Carrey, maybe not, but I think it was by Jim Carrey that was a meme that was going around a a, a while ago about how uh, you know depression, what what's called depression, might just be uh, a. a a normal response by a decent human being living in a corrupt world, you know? And so, you know, it's not, and like we say, it's all, like I said, like if you're, if you're in a torture chamber and you're being tortured and you're unhappy about that, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're quote unquote depressed and what you need is, you know, a benzo and an SSRI. Maybe what it means is that like, you're just fucked because you're in a torture chamber and being tortured. You know what I mean? And so it's like... I know, but yeah. but it's hard for somebody, you know, somebody else could look at a situation where you're living in Costa Rica, making a good wage yes, as a paradise. Course, it's yeah. not a torture no, chamber. No, right. Obviously, I'm just using that as, a, as but an that's exa- example. But that's exactly the point. Right. Because somebody, you weren't in a torture chamber. No, I know. And you suffered depression. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and as somebody... No, know, and it's I'm easy using for, that as an extreme example, you know? I know, but it, but it's like... And I hate all this stuff because it's like it's a lot of words to to try to 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 understand a spiritual malady of sadness, of unhappiness, of an inability to rise to an occasion, to be present, to be who you would like to be. So it's more than the world is fucked up. You know, there's imperialism and and injustice and fucking bullshit. There's something going on. In your head, yeah, sure, and sure. in the heads of lots of people right. that make it really hard to function. Yes, yeah, I don't disagree with that, but I'm just saying that it's 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 you know, and and so anyway, so what I was uh, so what it refers to is that like you know when you said that I was you know doing better, you were like oh it's because of the show, and I'm like well it's because of uh, a bunch of things. Like I said in the first segment that you deleted, uh, it had, it could, had, you, could you please not mention that segment? Because <laughs> right. like I'm like you, I'm like I have problems with my brain, and right. now you know what I'm thinking. What? What do you think I'm thinking? That I that you're going to delete this segment? No, that I but, shouldn't have deleted it. What a stupid oh. thing I did to delete that segment. Because because now you can't you can't possibly give it to me again because you're so angry no, I that can, I deleted the segment. I can give it to you again. So I'm listen, just, Dopey Nation. We went and went a little <laughs> weird in a few places, so I was like, "I'm going to delete it and start it again." And like, I didn't realize that that Peter would be such a prima donna and refuse to get with the program. No, I am getting with the. Pro- I'm just saying that, like, you know, it's it's like if if I were doing a show, right? I would uh, I would maybe and someone you know was talking about some point, but they had explained it better in a different segment. I might be like, "All right," and here is here's his explanation, which he explained more clearly in in in, in a part of the show that we. That how, we how dare you? How, how dare you question my process? <laughs> my process is only about how to make the show come out. Right. So the it comes out today. This episode is going to be out today. Do you understand? Oh, really? So there is no clipping and looking okay, okay. and cutting right. and pasting. This is it. Yeah, okay, okay. This is the show. It's the Christmas fucking episode. <laughs> I wanted to hear what Christmas music you're like. I don't like to sing on command. <laughs> I want to hear like why your depression has lifted because you're doing... The right. point, my point... You want okay. me to give you my point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My point is 
you're less depressed because right. it's something that Chris, um, and if anybody that doesn't know the show, I started this show with this friend of mine named Chris, uh, who was also a drug addict. Peter is not a drug addict. Chris would often talk about one of the great keys to overcoming addiction. The, the phrase he used was self-actualization. And that phrase meant doing something. Meaning, like, we were doing dopey, so we didn't really necessarily feel like doing drugs. And, of course, that's all bullshit because Chris wound up doing drugs anyway. Right. So, in your case, I thought the self-actualization was you putting your, you know, using your imagination and using your skills and creating something that people wanted to hear that created this loop of goodwill. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've definitely read about when it comes to drugs or recidivism in crime, like, the main factor that determines whether people uh, relapse or not is hope. Like if people have hope and something to look forward to. Yeah, so you're right. I, I agree with that. Uh, and I was just going to say that, like, you know, the reason that I'm doing better, th- there's many reasons. The, the, the fundamental one is that, you know, my friend, uh, you know, Michael is, you know, loves me and, you know, treats me like like a family and believes in me and wants to help me and stuff like that. And then also starting to do the show again. So it's all those things combined. Peter and I talk once in a while. He never calls me. He only he doesn't text me or call me. He just texts me with fucking Facebook Messenger. Why is that? Why do I only talk to you on Facebook Messenger? Yeah, why don't you text me or call me? Why do you only text on Facebook Messenger? I don't even know if I have your number in my phone. Why? I don't know. I don't know. Do you call other people? Uh, sometimes, sure. I, but yeah. you mostly communicate through that. Though. I don't know. It's just with some people, you get into a habit of communicating with them on a certain platform, right? Yes. This is not an interesting question, Dave. Okay, but the interesting point was that Peter <laughs> approached me with this idea that I liked um, of me and him doing a podcast. Now, what was your idea? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it was basically a... Uh, I was like, well, why don't we just do a side project, right? You know, in the same way that, like, you know, in bands in the 70s, like someone from Yes would get together with someone from Boston, someone from Pink Floyd, and do, like, a side project, right? I like it. <laughs> and uh, I was thinking, why don't we, like... Can you, you know, know of any side projects? What? Can you name any side projects in the history of music? You mean from the 70s? Anybody. Any side project. I mean, I haven't thought about music in a long time, but... but, but Just but, but, Handel's yeah. The Messiah? <laughs> no, like... Do you think a, Handel ever did a, a side project with, like, Wagner or something? Like, don't you remember when, like, Steve Winwood would get together with, like, some guy from, What's, like, okay. Herman's Hermits? <laughs> I know what you're... Do you, can you name any... I'm just challenging your ability to name a side project. Uh, no, because I haven't thought about music, like, rock music in... in How about in a music. hip-hop side project? Do you think of any of those? Uh, I'm, no, I, I don't follow hip-hop either. You just know that there are side, side projects, projects and yeah. This could be one. Okay, I'm yeah. with you. The side project that you're thinking of is Blind Faith with Steve Winwood and Eric Clapton. Sure. Okay. Millions of them. There's millions of them, right? <laughs> but, but you but, can't think of one. But anyway, continue. Or, or like, okay, I can think of it. You know, when someone from Dream Theater makes a side project with someone from Slayer, with someone from, uh, you know, uh, Kill Switch Engage. What is that? I don't know. <laughs> what no, is that? You what know is what that? I mean? What side project. But what is that? Is that, is that something? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, they do that. Okay. And you we're going to do one. Yeah. We're, well, I, I was just saying that uh, uh, one of the things that really impressed me in my head what you say, you said it to me a lot of times, I think you might have said it on the last show, was just that like, uh, you know, we were doing the band when we, when we were younger, and, and, and I think you said this in, in the show, you were, like, you were like, but it was so much fun. And you were like, I had a lot of fun. It was really fun. And, I, yeah, and you know, you were right. The, 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 the big do, you mistake, think, do you think I talk like that? No, no. Okay. The, big, the big mistake, that, uh, the, the, the real regret that I have was, not, was just that like, I didn't um, appreciate 
the opportunity to have fun. I should have just had had been able to allow myself to have more fun with it uh, when I was a kid. And uh, I, I was just thinking about that, and I was like, you know, it might be kind of fun now is to just do like a side project podcast with Dave and see if it see if it works out. You know, what would the uh, focus be? Uh, I think I wrote it to you in the thing. Just the focus would be about. Um, well, they didn't read the thing. What, I want the audience to hear what it was going to be. Yeah. Just about, I actually forgot the exact uh, uh, sentence that I wrote, the, the exact premise that I that I wrote to you. But it would just be, you know, uh, you know, two guys like us, you know, who are in our age group, and uh, you know, maybe didn't uh, make the wisest decisions in life for the first however many years of our lives, and wound up where we are. But now, you know, you've got your, you know, uh, niche, you know, podcast that you've done. That's is what it is, and I've had my uh, niche, you know, internet presence that uh, that I had for for. Uh, however long it was, like 15 years or whatever, and... Uh, we'll put them together. It would just be kind of fun, yeah, and to talk about, uh, you know, various aspects of, uh, of life, you know? Well, I am totally down to do it. Now, what but I not want... not because it's something that's going to be super popular no. or, or make money or anything, just as a side project, and, you know, if, if it turns out that, like, 10 people enjoy it, it's fun. Well, I would like to do it just because it would give me a chance to see your sweet face. <laughs> because I never get to see you. But and, also, and also, it would give us a chance to talk about things like uh, you know, like constant, like in the in the segment that you deleted. Uh, it's constant. You know, it's it's. You're gonna ruin this fucking show if you keep fucking talking about deleted right. segments. Me, they don't get to hear it. I know, and they're just, gonna think it was good. But I deleted it because it wasn't good. It, it, I'm just here to tell the audience twenty the, the end of it the twenty percent of it that that caused Dave to delete it yeah it was annoying we were talking about generational stuff and Dave's dad came in but the first eighty percent are you saying my it, dad was annoying no I'm just saying it was it started to to go off the rails a little bit and so Dave deleted it. the first eighty percent of it was very good and he shouldn't have deleted it, it I agree great. and I want to I want to make I want to make an we apology. talked about sports betting ROI I talked about depression and some you know I was I was particularly articulate in those parts of the of the segment so uh, yeah it's okay. <laughs> you can't be perfectionist in life. Sometimes you. you what I really stuff. like about this is that you got it out on the table. You're upset at me for deleting this thing, and no, I want, I'm not. I want to say I'm publicly really <laughs> and privately, I apologize. But my point is that, like you know, your show, you know, really should be mostly about drugs, a little bit tangentially about other stuff, mostly about drugs. My show obviously is only about sports and sports betting, and uh, it, it it would give us a chance to, uh, to 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 be able to go on those tangents. You know, kind of like how side projects, you know, they're like, well, if we want they to can exper- explore reggae Yeah, we music. can experiment free jazz, right, you know. Right. And we can- <laughs> well, my favorite thing, and I'm, I'm going to indulge you, which okay. I never should do, uh-huh. from the deleted section uh-huh. of the last show, was when I explained to you that Dopey isn't a show about drugs. No, it, I know, right. It's a yeah. show about experiencing life through the lens of the eye of a drug addict. Yes. And, and my life is like, no matter how far away I get, from addiction, I'll always look at the world through a drug addict sure. uh, thing. You know, last night, man, I was going to bed, and uh, I, I, I went away. We went to this Polar Express thing, and I barely slept. And uh, we came back, and I, and I kind of, like, fell asleep really quickly. And I had this terrifying nightmare, this terrifying nightmare that, like, first I had this weird dream that I was hooking up with some girl, and she was like, giving me a bong hit and like and it was kind of nice and then the next second i was having this nightmare that some dude was at our front door and he had a package for me and i was like okay give me the package and he gives me this like clipboard to sign it and then he closes the door without giving me the package and then i open the door and he like grabs me 
And it was like, you know how, like, have you ever had a dream where somebody, like, attacks you in the dream? Yeah, but I don't remember my dreams at all, so it's hard for me to uh, comment on this. But this sounded like a cool dream, though. No, it's terrifying. I mean, because I have dreams sometimes where people attack me, and I can't do anything. Uh-huh. Probably because I'm so asleep. Like, yeah. my body can't <laughs> right. respond. And I, like, I woke up terrified, huh. you know? Um, I had probably slept for, like, 10 minutes, and I woke up terrified. And I start, and I, I, like, I was, like, scared. And I, that doesn't happen very often. What was often. on the clipboard? I don't know. Oh, it was what, like, I don't what know. was in the package? I don't know. Oh, okay, okay. But the, po- the point was like, I was powerless and this dude could hurt me and there was nothing I could do. And it was scary. And I was in my bed and, uh, and Linda was asleep downstairs on the recliner because she had just fallen asleep. And I had just put Nora to sleep and I was alone in our bedroom and I was scared. And I look at, and like in the old days, like if I got scared, I might watch TV to try to feel better or look at something. Last night I start scrolling through fucking Twitter. Like, like it's going to like make me feel like I'm at home or something. (laughs) And like, what a, that's like such a terrible thing. You know what I mean? Like what a terrible thing that social media has become like some base level normal. Yeah, I mean, you know, so, so the problem is that, like, yeah, well, I mean, I could talk about this for for hours. The problem is that, like, you know, everyone suddenly, you know, th- th- there's a reason why, like, you know, uh, politicians are, uh, you know, historically have been dishonest robots. It's because, you know, that's, that's how you have to be in order to uh, get elected. And social media has sort of pressured now, the pressure is now for everyone to be like that. You know what I mean? Because Like to be can, perfect. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. It's funny because we're on the trip, and Linda posts these pictures of our family having fun, and meanwhile we're like fighting, you know. (laughs) And I'm thinking I'm going to post like the story of our fight because like that would be so much more refreshing to see on Facebook that she woke me up twice during the night because I was snoring. Yeah. I'm in the other bed. She's with the baby. She gets out of bed to hit me while I'm snoring to wake me up. And then she's like, forget it. You take the baby. So I get in the bed with the baby. She's going to sleep. The baby won't sleep. And, and I'm like moving her here. I'm moving her here. I'm moving her here. Then all of a sudden, me and the baby fall asleep together in this beautiful moment. And she fucking hits me again because I'm snoring and she's in the other bed and I'm so angry. Like it was crazy. Um, And that's what I wish like our Facebook vacation post was because that would be like reality. And everybody, they're posting these pictures of this fantasy, but everybody has fights. Everybody has a life that's not perfect. Yeah. And it just sort of incentivizes the the wrong. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's, I mean, people have written, you know, treatises about that sort of thing. Is it called treatises or is it treatises? Treatises, I don't even know. But you said before <laughs> in the deleted section, minutiae. Is that a thing? <laughs> no, is no, it minutiae? I don't even know. But uh, but yeah. So uh, so anyway, getting back to what I was saying was that uh, I thought it might. Or you want to go back to the original topic, which is just if we did a podcast together. Sure. Is that what we were talking about here? We know <laughs> we had moved on to social media being the baseline norm. Yeah. But I mean, all, all I wanted to say was that if if we if we, you know, did this podcast, the reason, the main reason to do it was because it might be fun, which is you know the the reason that you know you start a band when you're a little kid, and uh, you know if, if if literally no one likes it, then we stop doing it. If 
10 people like it, then it's probably worth it. Well, I'm going to give you my prediction. Okay. Right. My prediction is I'm down. I'm down uh-huh. to do fucking uh-huh. anything, and 10 people will like it, and you won't show up to do it. Oh, that's, I'll show up to that do is it. My, that is yeah, my prediction. Uh, my pred- that's my prediction. Dopey Nation, if you want to hear a <laughs> podcast with me and Peter, write an email to dopeypodcast at gmail.com. Because this is dopey, we're going to move on to the doposphere for a okay. second. We have, there's a very famous skateboarder. His name is Andy Roy. Have you ever heard of him? No. He was uh, a notorious drug addict, skateboarder, friend of the show, and uh, he called in for a little Christmas dopey. So here he is, Andy Roy. All right. Well, it's Christmas time, and I don't, Andy, I don't know if you know this, but the Dopey Nation loved your first appearance on the show. Oh, right on. Dude, that was fun, dude. I, I had a blast, dude. Thank you for having me again. Are you kidding? So for the for the dopey Christmas spectacular, we have the great Andy Roy back on. Welcome back. Andy Roy is a, a, a skateboarding legend, and he also does a podcast called the Rip Ride Podcast, which seems like it's crazy big. It's, how's that going? It's going good. It's going good. Uh, it's starting to build some momentum, and uh, I, I'm getting the right guests and stuff, but like... Uh, I just got to keep plugging away. And I think as you keep doing it, it'll get better. Like I just never been on the side being the interviewer, you know, I've always been on the other side. So I'm trying to get used to that, you know, and, but, but it's really fun, dude. I just love like people's stories, you know, like a lot of it, some of them been uh, people that gotten sober. Uh, I, so some of my friends are, they, they still party, you know, but I just get stories and the history of skating, skaters, surfers, just kind of everything. I just like to hear just rad stories, you know, and it's just pretty neat. You know? So it's, it's pretty cool. I've never done something like this, and uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I like man. it. It looks cool. What, what have your favorite episodes have been of it so far? Dude, like I, like I just recently had Steve-O where we did a live audience. And, uh, like it, we filled it up, you know, like 50 people. It was like in the back of, uh, it's that pizza, pizza Nista, my buddy, Saul, my God, that I grew up skateboarding with. He's a pro skater and, uh, he got into the pizza business and he's like, got this amazing pizza place, uh, pizza Nista in Long Beach. And, uh, he let me start since I got sober, he let me do these podcasts in, in the patio. And, uh, it's, it's been great, you know? And so I would say like, Steve-O was awesome, of course, and then, like, Christian Fletcher, um, dude, I've had Danny Way, um, like, we, all the, almost all the jackass guys, you know, except for Knoxville, they all got crazy stories, you know, but uh, Novak, it's just like, I just like rad stories, you know, and what people are up to, like Danny Way, he's gonna, he wants to go to the Olympics, because skateboarding's gonna be in the Olympics, and he wants to jump out of a, a Goodyear blimp into a banked ramp like like i don't even know how many feet up there in the sky he wants to jump out of but like he could die doing this and like I'm, i want to do it before the olympics starts <laughs> you know i want this to be the banger you know and it's just pretty neat people's like passions and stuff like that what they're into and the rip ride cool. the rip ride podcast is basically about surfboarding and skateboarding surfing and skating Yes, but like I've had Edward Furlong, you know, the, sure. the dude from the Terminator. Like he's sober, so I've had him on. Nice. So like, and he skater surf, but like he had a story, you know, be, like being on drugs and and getting uh, straight, getting clean and sober. So 
so it's just like I, I let I just open it up. I had a uh, who else? Uh, Bobby Lee's brother, Steve Lee. Yeah, I saw that. How was that? How yeah, was, was that cool? Oh, it was great. Oh, dude, he's hilarious, dude. It was awesome, and he's sober too. It's crazy, like how many people are getting sober. It is. It's like sober is the new high, right? Yeah, it's really neat, man. It's really cool. So, so you're coming up on your year, and it's Christmas yeah. time. And I wanted to see if you could regale the dopey nation with a fucked up ghost of Christmas past kind of story. Dude, I, I could just tell. All right. All right. I got you. You know what? From from being like the, the fucked up, how fucked up I was on drugs. I was just robbing and stealing so much when I got heavy into my addiction that. I just kept going to jail on I swear it must have been like five Christmas in a row. I spent locked up in jail on Christmas. It just so happened every time I would get locked up during those holidays, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas always for like five years straight. And I just broke my mom's heart, you know, and, uh, it's just, it would happen every time. Like, I don't know what it was, but it was just like, I'd, I would get arrested and be in jail, and I'd be with a bunch of bunch of convicts, you know, eating some crappy jail food and uh, trying to make our own spreads, trying to make the best out of it, you know. And it's just like you should be with your families, you know. That's the time when you're supposed to spend good, good, uh, good close time with your family. And I'm in here with a bunch of convicts that are out there breaking the law like I was, you know, and eating shitty jail food. So it was just like, it's just over and over, you know? And then this last one, I got bands trying to get sober. And I was during Christmas time, and I, I spent Christmas with him and his family, which was great. You know, like his mom, April, and his dad, Phil, are amazing. They cooked the amazing meal. It was awesome. But uh, I ended up still being on drugs out there, you know? What were you, and, what uh, were you using out there? Well, I was using... Uh, I was using heroin before I got out there, and then I brought a bunch of Suboxone with me, and then I met one of his friends, and uh, I was getting fentanyl. I was getting fentanyl out there, because they don't got tar heroin out there. They got nothing but fentanyl. When you buy fentanyl, he lives where, in Baltimore or Delaware or something? Philadelphia. Right. Dude, dude, Dave, I'm telling you, I went to, was it Kensington? Kensington. Where it's like the capital of heroin, like where people die every day in the streets there. Like I went there to go get the, the fentanyl. When you're copying fentanyl, do you say, yo, do you have that fentanyl or do you call it dope? What do you call it? Uh, I would just say like a, a heroin, you know, like a heroin. Dude, and I went there, right, with this girl. I went there. And I think it was like, you know what? It might even have been on Christmas Day. It, it might have been that day. We went out there, and it was it was dark time. And this place is like, people die every day out there. And I get there, and it's it's freezing cold. And there's everyone's in, like, warm jackets where they got these face masks covering their face to keep the, the cold out, to keep them warm. And I, I get out of the car. I told her, you stay here because I didn't want the girl to get in no mess. So if something happened to me, that's fine. But I didn't want nothing to happen to her, you know. So you park, you stay in the car. I'll go handle this. And I get out, and it's just like I, I get this guy. And I'm like, hey, you know where to get any, any, any heroin, man? And he's like, yeah, I got to. Follow me. And we start going down this road, the street, 
and it's just getting darker and darker. And he's like in a jacket. I don't know if he's got a gun in him in his jacket. He, he can't, I can't see his face. And it's just getting darker and darker. And I'm going down the street, and I'm like, hey, hey, homie, uh, I'm good, man. I think I'll, I'll, I'll find it on my own. And he's like, oh, no, wait, wait, wait. We'll go back then. So we went back to, like, the street corner, like, where there's a liquor store. And he pointed me in the right direction because he wanted a little cut, you know. And uh, so he pointed me in the right direction, and I got it. But it was just like, dude, it's, it was just real sketchy, you know. Like, it was so easy to get robbed, you know. Like, I, I knew if I went any farther with this guy, like, this guy could pull a gun out. No one could see me, hear me, nothing, you know. Like, i easily get shot, and that'd be it, you know. Total no man's so, man. Yeah. I no man. I remember when I used to get high around the holidays, Half of me would feel, you know, like sad because I know you're not supposed to be getting high on the holidays. And the other half of me was just super excited that I didn't have to celebrate the holidays and I could get fucked up. Did you ever relish getting fucked up around the holidays or did you always feel guilty or what was it like? You know what? I think like you you do feel guilty, you know, but like I always like heroin was for me like to numb all my like feelings or bad stuff that was going on so like any of those thoughts that I'm feeling guilty I would just use and it just it would just it would just numb that you know but I would feel I would definitely feel guilty you know like it's just it's not right you know you're with your family and you're high but it's just like as soon as I got high like it was okay you know oh I'm loaded and you know like so it, it, I just wouldn't think much of it after I got loaded. Right. But it's definitely just a bummer. Like, it's not cool, you know. It's, yeah, it's just messed up. I the whole deal. Yeah, of, of course, of course. And I'm not, I'm not you know, and, and you're on the other side of it now, and your, your, your yeah. year is like a couple weeks away. How do you feel? It's, dude, it feels amazing, David. It's just like, it's crazy. Like, good things are happening you know like it's just like if i just keep my head up and keep sober dude i just know better things are going to keep happening and i'm just happy you know i'm just completely just 100 percent happy couldn't be in a better place let me ask you a question because i know like nobody wants to talk about cravings or like you know like fantasies i mean I'm, i'm almost four and a half years clean and i still have drug dreams which i didn't expect to happen um, do you ever get cravings? Do you ever get sort of like, you know, not necessarily a craving, but like just sort of a flash of like wanting to get high or a flash of that old feeling or anything like that? Oh, yeah, it definitely pops up, you know, and and I think about it. And when it when it hits me, I kind of think about it and I go, all right, now, if I were to, to go, I can just go use once or whatever. I know myself. Like I will just anything I do, I, I put the pedal to the metal and I do a 100 percent, you know, so I start thinking about like, all right, I do it this once. I'm going to want to do it the next day. And I just keep thinking of like how it's going to lead me right back to where I was before. And I'm going to be starting over and I'm going to be on the street and I'm probably going to do some crimes and I'm going to be back in jail or prison and and bum out my family, lose my girlfriend. You know what I mean? So I, I try and think out the whole process and like. You know what I mean? Like, all right, this is what's going to happen, Andy. So then that, that like, kind of it's a slap in the face, and I'm just, like, grateful that I, I'm sober now. And, like, and it just was like a wake-up call, you know? Yeah. So I just think it all out. I kind of just, like, think of the whole, you know, I visualize it, all right? Me using, all right, well, this is what's going to happen. 
All right, you're going to get high. Yeah, you might feel good, but then you're going to, so it's going to kickstart that whole process again, you know? And I just, I don't want to go through that again. No. I just don't. No, no. And it's crazy, you know? It's crazy. No, I know, I know what you mean. I never, I never got close to the time I have now, and I don't, I don't want to lose it, number one. And when I say like sober is the new high, what I, what I really mean is like, I really feel like it's an adventure. Like my sobriety, my my life right now, it's a total adventure. Um, and I used to feel that way about drugs, but the adventure in my drug using like stopped a long time ago. Uh, do you feel like you're on some right. fucking mission, like a new sort of like adventure with your sobriety? Like your life is like exciting and stuff. Yes, dude. It's it's this. It's cool. You know what I mean? Like just the. Just the thing, like a lot. I'm doing a lot more stuff now that I wasn't doing before. I love your you energy. I, I I love your enthusiasm, and I knew you were going to say. It. I just like to hear you get excited. It's fun. Yeah, dude. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a, it's a trip, man. It's, it seriously is. You know, and it just blows me away because I just never had this much time before. So it's just like it's just crazy to me. That's what it's I was going to ask. This is the longest time you had, right? Like except for like being locked up, you know what I mean? Like locked up, but that's like you're you're locked up. I'm doing this on my own, like on on out here in the free world where it's easy to, you know what I mean? You could go do whatever you want, and uh, I'm doing this on my own, like dude, you know what I mean? Like uh, I I'm not locked up, but like I could go find it if I want to do, you know? Like you could go find it anywhere if you want it bad enough, you you'll find it anywhere in this world, you know? But like I'm not and and I'm free. I'm not behind bars, and I'm I'm not wanting to, to go get it, you know, which is great. It's just, yeah, it blows me away. Because usually when I get out or I, I'm out on the street, I, I get out of jail, I go right back to it. You know what I mean? Like just over and over. And it's just like now I got some time under my, under my belt. It's just like. Yes, I'm digging it, dude. What and do I'm you think? Like stacking what, these days up. So what do you think the like, difference like you is? Saying, you know, like four years, you don't want to lose that. No fucking. I don't want to lose it either. No. You know. No. It, it's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty fucking neat. You know. It, it, it's crazy. For you, Andy, what do you think the difference is? Like, why do you think it's sticking this time? You know what? It's just like I. I, I love my girlfriend. I'm, I, I want to be there for my son. I want to make my mom and dad happy I, before they, like, they're getting older, I, before they, they, they pass away or whatever, you know, I want them to know that I'm doing all right, that, that their son is, like, not fucked up and on the streets, you know, where they, they could rest easy, you know, and, and have these last years or whatever they have and, and, and know I'm okay, you know, and just, it just it, I'm, it's wore me out, and I just don't want to go out like that. You know, I just don't want to leave this earth like, ah, oh, he was a junkie. How old you are know? you? How old are you? That. How old are you, Andy? You're 49, 48? I'm, four, I'm, I'm 48. 48, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, in, I'm 45. It's, it's the same kind of thing. Um, I love that stuff. And the other thing that I always love is the, is the fact that you're this fucking legend, you skateboarding, punk rock, fucking drug addict legend, and you drive the van at wavelengths. Yes. And, and for, yeah. How is it? I, driving these these people that are rehab, it blows me away. Like I, that was the last thing I thought I'd be doing. Do you feel? Do you feel super zen? 
like do you do you find yourself like giving advice and like 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 what is it like to be on the other side of the of the stick with that it's it's pretty cool man because like some, a lot of a lot of them know who I am or whatever but like when I, we're we're in the van every day and they get to know me and like I try to be cool with them you know like you know not like be like some authority or just like man, I, I've been in your spot. You know, I just try to be friends with them. And then they open up and they start talking to me and then they, they get comfortable and they start, well, I'm struggling with this. And I go, man, just stick with it. I know how you feel. Like, it'll get better if you just take it in. And, if you, you know, like, you, you get a lot out of this. But you got to do the work, you know? Like, you have to do the steps. You have to put some time into it to, to, to make it work, you know? You got to use these tools that these programs are, are, are giving you. So when you get out, you know, like it's easy to get so to get sober, but to stay sober, you got to have those tools and know how to use them correctly, you know. And I'm just trying to help them with that, you know. Like I, I tell them, like I promise you, it'll get better. Like whatever problems they got, well, I got this. I'm like, well, I'm I'm telling you right now, if you stay sober, crazy as it sounds, things will fall into place. And you will start chipping away at these things and things will start getting better. You will be able to handle it. You'll be able to get hold a job and pay off if these, if you owe bills or like, you know what I mean? Like you could start taking care of the stuff that you couldn't take care of before when you were on drugs. Yeah. You know, totally. But you got to stick with it and, and use the tools. You've been doing it for you know? like, you've been doing it for a few months driving the bus. How long you've been driving the bus? I, it's been like six, almost six months now. Now let me ask you this. You know, you know, fuck, hold on. Yeah, you know like um like an old school bus driver who's been driving for the rehab for a long time, like they they kind of know who's not going to make it. They probably don't want to talk to certain kids anymore because they see so many people go out. Do you find yourself spotting people that you don't think are going to make it or, or or are you still open to everybody? Like do you have that experience? No, no, I do. I do. I, I know. I do. I could see it a mile away. I can see who's working it and who doesn't. But those are the ones I try and like put more time into. You know what I mean? Like those are the ones like I, I try and like give more more time to. You know, like look, I don't. I just don't want to ignore. You know what I mean? Because uh, there might be something that they I, that I might say that they'll catch on to that might hit home. You know what I mean? Where they change their mind. You know, like I'll dig into them, you know, and like try and try and switch it up. But I, I definitely could see it. That's so because you, you tell like they could, they don't have a place to stay, or their parents gave up on them, or like you know what I mean. So they're they're working it, but like so I kind of sometimes if I know them well enough, I'll sarcastically call them out, you know, right? And they'll, they'll be, oh no, 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 well no, you are, you know what I mean? And I, I but I build that relationship with them first because I don't want to, you know, I don't want it to backfire on me and then they split or something, you know what I mean? So I, I try and like build a relationship with them first, you know. Totally. Could so you could you yeah. see yourself? Could you see yourself being like a therapist or anything like that down the line? What what I want to do, Dave, is I, I want to be an interventionist. I want to go out and, and like talk to people and like the ones that they they can't get through to. I want to be that person that goes there and could and get into their head and like talk them into going to the program. The ones that just are fighting it, fighting it. I want to be that dude that could switch it over and get them to go. 
and to change, you know, and to, to, to do it and, and do the right thing. That's what I want to do. I want to be an interventionist. Well, man, you could do it. You could totally do it. You skating still? Uh, I'm skating. Yes, I am. Not as much as I should be, but like I, I'm just got like I'm just trying to work on my sobriety and just like build that that cement foundation. You know what I mean? Totally. And then you know, my body it, it, it still works. It, it's it's not like it, it doesn't work like it used to. But I'll skateboard till the day I die. You know, I'm a 100% skateboarder for life. I'll always skateboard. And that's the only thing I've ever known my whole life. So I'll always be a skateboarder. I'll always skateboard all the time, you know? Like, I, if I don't skate, if, it, if it's been a few days, I'll start freaking out and have to go skate. Right. You know? So, how big is the yeah. van? Is it a bus? Is it a van? What, how big is this thing? It, it's a big van. It holds, let me see, it holds one, two, three, four, eight, eight. It, it holds like 10 people. Okay, and if you get on the van that you're driving, are you only playing like Black Flag and crazy punk rock, or what are you playing on that on that van? Sometimes I'll let them play what they want, but if it's some horrible music, I, I'll cut in and I play. <laughs> I just play my punk rock, and uh, I'll play like funny stuff just to cheer them up, you know. Like they'll they'll be like, "Andy, play something," you know, and I'll play like Peaches, like or whatever. Like I I, I got the right music to spark them up. I usually like. Like play something like that's pretty uh, got a lot of energy because it's in the morning when I go and get them, and you know some some of them are grumpy or whatever. So I try and cheer them up by the time they get to the center. That's awesome. You know. So you want to yeah. do you want to wish the Dopey Nation a, a Merry Christmas? Because Merry Christmas to you, man. I'm so happy you, you came on and you're doing so good. And fucking, I love having you uh, as a part of the show. I think it's cool. Oh, dude, thank you so much. And to everybody out there, Dopey Nation, dude, Merry Christmas from Andy Roy. Much love, everyone. I, I, I just have a wonderful holiday and a, and a happy new year. And, uh, dude, thank you so much, Dave, man. It, it means so much to me, man. It, it's awesome. Right on, man. We'll, we'll, we'll hook it up it. in the new year as well. And hopefully, I think we're going to get to California and do the West Coast DopeyCon. You have to come. Oh, I'm down, dude. You, you let me know, and I'll be there. Right I'm, I'm, yeah, and you're gonna have to come and be on my podcast. I'll do it. I'll talk about my terrible, my terrible youth skateboarding on my knees. Be sad. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There we go. Right on, dude. Man. I'd love to have you. All right, cool, man. Thanks so much, Andy. All right, thank you. Merry Christmas. Thank we'll you. talk soon, man. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you, Dopey Nation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Andy Roy has a ton of energy, right? Unlike you. Uh, yeah, right. Because, like you said, he's living his best life. Yeah, I mean, I was, I meant that facetiously, but yeah, it's probably true. No, you dude, know? this guy is like, he's a professional skateboarder. He, he kind of became a, a professional skateboarder in his teens. He, like, has this incredible joy. Yeah, you know, that's awesome. Adventuring and stuff. He's friends with all those jackass guys, Steve-O and Johnny Knoxville and Bam Margera and all those people. You know, if, I don't know if he's ever heard of Blink-182, but I would recommend he check that band out. He might Dude, really you like and it. me are like the opposite of the jackass <laughs> people. Like, we wouldn't put ourselves in harm's way. We wouldn't, like, do anything, like, risky. We wouldn't, like tattoo ourselves or hurt ourselves we're like we're the op- we're the total opposite yeah i never understood the quote-unquote adrenaline junkie things but i think it's probably there's probably some kind of like you know genetic or biological basis for it you know adrenaline probably affects them in different ways 
then it frets other people. Well, you were talking well, exactly. And yeah. also you and me are just pussies, basically. I think that's the bigger the bigger issue. But maybe. I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, it, I, I don't know. It might be just, you know, like when you when you go to the dentist, like I mean, if I go to the dentist and they give me Novocaine, I'm sitting there and I'm fine. It's not because I'm like courageous and and brave. It's just because they gave me Novocaine. So there's probably some kind of like natural biological difference between between them and us. I don't know if it's because we're pussies, you know. Well, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I, I know that I never had any interest in trying to get hurt or yeah. risking my body yeah. or, or doing. It's just, and it's. I'm just like saying, skydiving. If, if you know? there was an aesthetic that was the exact opposite, yeah. people like us from jackass people, it's the exact opposite yeah. aesthetic. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, definitely. And I think what you're saying now, in terms of like um, how your brain processes something like adrenaline, you can use that for how the brain processes something like uh, depression. Like somebody who experiences depression cannot, um, like somebody who actually, like, like when I dealt with sadness, I never became depressed. I always looked for an escape. I didn't dwell into a situation. I always looked for an escape. Right. I mean, as I said in the first segment, there have been studies that I've read about. Motherfucker, I said, don't fucking mention the first segment again. (laughs) Don't fucking mention it again. Okay. But I, and I'm not going to say it as well as I did, but, but, but yeah, there, there are, there are studies that they've, I mean, because what, what I said in the, (laughs) was, uh, was that I, I said that in my experience and in stuff that I've read, uh, subsequently, um, you know, that there's, you know, a big, you know, people, people think that like drug addiction is like, you know, all about character and stuff like that. You're just weak if you become a drug addict or whatever. But, um, it'd be pretty obvious to me that there's a huge, uh, you know, biological component to it. And we talked about like crack, you know, like in the, in the eighties, all the teachers and everyone would say like, don't, if you smoke crack once you'll get addicted, you know? And in fact, of course there are some people who, uh, who, you know, you know, they, they, they'll give their testimonials. Like I, you know, I did meth once and I did crack once and I knew that I was addicted. And for other people that doesn't happen to and i think there's a big um uh just purely biological uh reason for that and it's the exact same thing with depression and end up with depression and resilience and stuff like that uh they have done studies and like rats i've read like lots of studies where they can like you know knock out certain genes that will make uh you know rats become more or less resilient like if they if, if the gene is activated they will uh you know they will fight in the face of um adversity whereas if it's uh you know if it's not activated, they'll just uh, they'll just give up and quit. And uh, yeah, so there's obviously, and I was saying, as I said in the first segment, there was, you know, you obviously have, you know, you you have the opposite of of the depression gene. You were always energetic and always had fight in you, even when you were, you know, addicted to drugs uh, in the face of adversity or in, in any situation. You know, you're always looking to do something and be active, and you know. Well, I had an epiphany. Not recently. giving up. Yeah. I had okay. I had a total epiphany recently. Um, there's the, I know you don't watch TV shows. You just watch near death experience documentaries. You know, I watch, uh, do you watch watch sports or you just see the results? Oh yeah. I don't watch sports. So you don't, his whole thing is around sports, but he doesn't watch sports. You watch documentaries and you watch near death experience. I I basically just on YouTube. Yeah. I listen to whatever is interesting on YouTube. I watch, uh, TV because I have a big (laughs) problem with TV and there's this show out called Watchmen and, uh, and Watchmen is a great show. It's really, really, really good. I don't think you would like it because you don't watch TV. Yeah, and I'm familiar with it because I've seen you know people, all, my, my friends on, uh, on Facebook referring to it. So yeah. it's, it's a great show, but I had this epiphany watching it. It's like one of these dystopian shows that kind of like show a crazy future and there's superheroes and there's a lot of weird race stuff in it. But the, uh, the epiphany wasn't based on any of that stuff. Um, Watchmen was made by this guy, I think his name is Damon Lindelof, and he's the same guy who made Lost, and I loved the first couple seasons of Lost, but the thing with Watchmen 
is like there was a scene that took place in the 80s and like there's a computer on a desk and it's a computer from the 80s where it's green and you see the the code kind of shit you know what i mean and i just had this thought like imagine you're working for a computer company in the 80s and like this is what you have like this terrible screen where all you see is this fucking code like that's not it's not good for it's like it's just not good for anything like in terms of like as opposed to like a computer now and clicking and seeing shit and video and and pretty colors and and things that are appealing the green screen of an old computer was so fucking unappealing Mm -hmm. that you must have some sort of vision to know that if you stick with it, it's going to become something amazing. Right. Like these people that made the computer knew that in time, this was going to be the biggest thing in the world, you right. know? And, and, and I think I had this moment, you know, I was watching Lost. I was like the happiest I've been in a long time. It was like five in the morning. I'm on the Long Island Railroad, and I chose rather than to do work or prepare for anything, I was going to watch Watchmen and relax. And, uh, and I'm feeling so fucking good. You know, the world is passing me by and I'm watching this show and I just, I, I felt so good. I can't, I can't even tell you because I don't get to relax as much as I'd like and I love watching TV. And I had this thought and, and it reminded me of you actually. Mm-hmm. It was this thought that if you stick with something mm-hmm. for long enough, mm-hmm. it will work. Yeah. And, and so my thought is with Dopey. You know, this is going to be the 218th or 219th episode, and it's working. Uh, it makes a tiny bit of money. A, a little tiny puddle of people are interested. Like, it's getting a little bit of press. But I know if I stick with it, it's never going to make me bankrupt. You know, but if I stick with it, it can be, like, the greatest thing in the world. And I think that's true for anything. Anything that you stick with that doesn't harm you can blossom. Right. And, 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 you know, like what I was saying before, which is why I wanted, which is why I had the thought of doing the podcast is it's most about just, you know, having fun doing something that feels like it's purposeful for you at the time. And that's why that was my big mistake with the band when we were kids that I didn't see it in that way, you know, and, uh, yeah, you're right. And and I, I kind of picked up on that for you. It's like, do something that, 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 you know, that seems like it has purpose for you and that would be fun to do. Enjoy having fun doing it, and as you said, like you know, stick stick with it and stick to it. You know? Well, my my real theory of your whole mental health is that listen, we all have fucking problems. You know, you have a brain susceptible to severe depression. Mm-hmm. I believe the misdirection of activity, I believe the the stimulation of activity and action will make your brain. It will counter the fucking dreck if you yeah. stick with it. You know, right? That, sure. That, that's that's what I believe. Um, we all do. You, have you ever heard of Bob Forrest? Yeah, of course. He and him, I know. <clears throat> How do you know it? Well, probably from your show. Although, actually, because uh, because um, before I, there was a time when I watched TV, and what was that? Oh, show he was that on he was? Celebrity Rehab. That's yeah, where you know him from. Yeah, you didn't know him from his band. No. Okay. No. Well, Bob Forrest is a great friend of the show, and we haven't had him on. In a, that sounded weird. Yeah. We haven't had him on in a long time, but. I wanted to have him on for the Christmas episode. He also gives his in is his two cents about John Fruscienti rejoining the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Do you have an opinion about that? No. Uh, <laughs> Do you have an opinion? I, you know, the Red Hot Chili Peppers were always a band that I, um, you know, didn't. I, I don't want anyone to hate me because if if you say that you don't like music that they love, then they'll start to like not like you as a person. I just never 
got the red hot chili. I mean, I understood them because they had a lot of energy. You didn't like, sometimes I feel <laughs> like I don't have a partner. I mean, I think it's, they're definitely like compelling to watch, you know, because they're so like weird. And, uh, but you don't no, like, what you want, you got to give it to your mama. <laughs> no, I mean, I, yeah, I, I understand why, why people like You don't them. like any of their songs? Twisting and turning your feelings, I swear. Yeah, and you're no, I liked, the, the I liked, uh, I liked Knock Me Down. You remember that one? Oh, yeah. And then the how's other, that one go? Yeah, Sing I, me a little bit. If, if you, you see me getting die, knock me down. Yeah, that was good. But, but, but I mean, you know, and then there that was, was early, early. Yeah, and then there was, uh, and then there, yeah, some like their first album, and then there was another one, the, the, the famous one, which is like the one, the, the sometime, uh, the city of angels, whatever it was. I mean, that it's was the okay. city yeah. I live in, the city <laughs> of angels. But like some, you remember some people like love lonely you know as I, mean? I am. Like they were some people together. We cry. <laughs> They were people's favorite band, you know. Still are. Yeah, some Dude, people love them. I went to go see Flea. Uh, he just wrote a book called Acid for the Children, and Bob Forrest had told me that Flea was going to come on Dopey. Okay, mm-hmm. so he was doing a book signing at Barnes and Nobles, and I figured I'll show up. I mean, how big could a book signing be? And I'll get an interview with Flea, and I show up there an hour early. There's a line three blocks long. Yeah, to everybody. Just waiting to see Flea. Well, he's a cool guy. I mean, I like seeing interviews with him. I mean, I think he's like a really cool guy. And it's possible that if I had like, uh, you know, understood the nature of fun when I was a kid, not only would my life have been saved, but I might have actually liked the Red Hot Chili Peppers as a band. Uh, You know, I don't know. I just, I just, I guess I was like the music I always liked was like music for people with, with like, PTSD, like Nina Simone, Donny Hathaway, Handel's Messiah, you know, like like well, I realized like uh, a few years ago that that like uh, the know, Smiths. Well, I, I I mean I like the Smiths. I didn't love the Smiths, but you know, but but I realized that like you know the the that like ten of the my favorite twenty songs in the history of songs are all be my friend songs, like Lean on Me, Stand by Me, uh, you know, You Got a Friend. Like I realized that when I was like, "What are what are my favorite twenty songs in the world?" I realized half of them are are I'm your friend, and it's amazing because you're the worst friend I've ever had. <laughs> I've never had a friend as bad as being a friend as you. All right, don't delete that. That was funny. That made me laugh. Yeah, um, yeah. I uh, I'm deleting this part. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I just I just uh, so you know I mean and the Red Hot Chili Peppers obviously were the antithesis of that. They were not like you know uh, you know if you're they, they were not here's here's music that touches your soul if you have PTSD. They were like, we're going to make incredibly energetic and crazy and wacky party music, which is great. It just I didn't think, speak to me when I was a kid. You know, you know I, I like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and I got on the bandwagon with um, that record, with the Blood Sugar Sex Magic record, because I liked... It was just that moment. I don't know. I enjoyed it. And, yeah. and, it, and I wanted to like it more than it made me... I wasn't drawn to them, and I wasn't like into... The earlier stuff, although I did like their their cover of Higher Ground, and I like yeah. uh, and I like that. If you see me getting high, no, Higher night. Ground is great, but then and, but then it's because it's a Stevie Wonder song. I also like that song. Um, you know, Anthony Kiedis was such a bad drug addict, and he wrote a ton of songs that were just about addiction. And and I they would hit me when I was getting sick or when I was getting well. I would listen to his music and it would like it would mean something to me. See, if we did a if we did a side project podcast, we could talk about shit like this for hours and it wouldn't we wouldn't have to be like, oh, this has to be about sports betting and drugs, you know. This is, you know, I think the name of our podcast should be Sports betting and drugs. No, I, I actually have a, I'll, I'll talk to you about it off off air. No, what do you I mean? A, because because no, I can't because someone will steal it. 
if I if I say if I say the if I say it and it's a great uh, it's a good name, someone will go copyright the the, the name immediately. You know, it's my dad. My dad copy- <laughs> yeah, he copyrights exactly. everything. Exactly. I don't fucking tra- your dad is, is is suspect number one. Um. So here is Bob Forrest uh, with his dopey Christmas interview. Okay. So it's Christmas time, and I don't get to talk to the great Bob Forrest enough on dopey, but the legend, the great Bob Forrest, has come on for the dopey Christmas spectacular. Welcome back, Bob. Oh, thank you. So I'm so happy to be here. Oh, my God. Merry Christmas to everyone. Ho, ho, ho. You know, whenever we have a special, you're on every special, Bob. Does that make you feel special? Really? Yeah. Well, there's everyone else is dead, probably. Wow. There's a few. There's a few. That's, that's my only claim to fame is I just lived longer than anybody. That's not bad. Longevity is a good <laughs> thing, right? It's not a bad thing. <laughs> no, but I, yeah, and Keith Morris and I were talking about it, the Circle Jerks and Black Flag Singer. Like, we're just, we just survived, and now we're like the people, like, he's in every punk rock documentary ever made. I don't know if you see, you know, anytime they're going to talk about punk rock, they're going to have Keith Morris on it, right? Anytime you talk about recovery, you're going to have Bob Forrest talking on it. We're like, we're like dinosaurs <laughs> that people want to know stories from. Well, you got to live through it. You also like lived through some really tough shit, and you—I mean, like we all could have died. Survivors, we're survivors. Exactly, but the only reason we survive now is because we haven't used. You know what I mean? Like, like, like. I, I mean, I say this all the time, but Chris didn't think he was going to die. I doubt he did that much. It was just this fucking drug, this fentanyl. Yeah, fentanyl. You don't have to do that much. But the thing here's an interesting thing. The the worst addicts I knew, my prime using was like from 86 to like 94. So it's not like, I don't even, I don't even know what it's like anymore. But in that era in Los Angeles, the, 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 I thought I was going to die. You know what I mean? I was sure of it. Everybody was sure of it. The worst, the worst drug addicts in Hollywood at that time were like me, Anthony Kiedis, um, I'm trying to slash Steven Adler. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Duff McKagan. I mean, so there's five. Everyone in Los Angeles thought those five dudes are going to be dead. And, in fact, I thought those other four guys were going to die for sure. For sure. And, and the top of the list, believe it or not, was Duff McKagan. He just was so crazy. And, and when you see him now, he's just this elegant... And, you know, gentlemen, I, I don't know if you know much about him, but he's just such a wonderful dad and a wonderful guy. And I try to be, I mean, Anthony tries to be, we're all, it's so weird that the worst, the top of the list of the people that were going to die are alive in their 50s and parents. And the ones that you never thought would die, like River Phoenix or or Hillel, I never thought Hillel would die. He didn't even seem like he was in the same category of drug act as us. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. Chris, and you, if you're going to bet on who's going to die, Dopey Dave or Chris, you go, oh, Dopey Dave, for sure. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's because I had much less time. You know, people, people didn't think I was going to stick around. But I know you I... You know what I'm saying? That for some reason, the worst end up surviving and transcending, and the ones that... And this is a cautionary tale for the people who don't think they're that bad. If you're not that bad, you're probably going to die. Because the people that you think are going to die aren't going to die. They're going to have... Re- Recovery TV shows. 
That's funny. That is funny and true. Very, very, very. That's yeah. This is words of a survivor, and I don't feel survivor's guilt. I just feel like it's just fucked up. It's trippy. It's sad. You know what I mean? I don't feel guilty. I feel like pain. You know what I mean? I'm sure. I'm sure you 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 run a treatment out there. You've dealt with infinite addicts, and you've dealt with infinite deaths. And does it get numb? Like, how is it? What does it feel like when, when people die on you and, and you know them all the time? Well, you just have to you just have to build up some sort of uh, like defense against it because I I wasn't prepared for it. Like, they just people started dying like two thousand four, two thousand five, just in droves. You'd hear like six people in like a month would die, and it was just like unbelievable. And, you know, and I cried over a lot of them. A lot of them were pretty close friends of mine or clients that I had a deep connection with. And you just at a certain point, you have to you have to protect yourself against all this and come up with some sort of philosophy of why it's happening. And part of why it's happening is the 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 the, the dosage. I mean, the 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 like Oxycontin, 80 milligram Oxycontins are like three bags of dope. So when we were getting kids at Los Encinas in their mid-20s that were doing like four 80 milligrams a day, that's like doing, and I'm not talking about dime bags in New York. I'm talking about eighth of a gram, 40% pure heroin. That's like doing 15 bags or 12 bags. The most I ever did in my life was like four or five. So these kids were doing double the dose that anybody had ever done of morphine. You know, because you have this increased tolerance. And then they're stopping and starting and going to rehab and they're taking benzos. And it just was a catastrophe. Right? Totally. And so and so then what people wonder, like, well, then they went back to heroin, but a lot of them died on heroin. Yeah, I know a lot of the Mexican drug cartels here in Los Angeles. A lot of them get sober and end up with me. And the fact was in the in the mid two thousands the gangs increased the morphine in the heroin because the transition of Oxycontin addicts to regular 40% morphine heroin wasn't strong enough. So the heroin potency went up. You know, and I, I used to sponsor this guy that was a big up in the 18th Street gang, and he said, you know, Bob, we're just like Walmart. It's just supply and demand. You know, it's they just treated it like a business. So if this huge horde of people that were you know, leaving Oxycontin because they couldn't get it anymore. The price of it was so expensive and they finally jump over into heroin. They were doing heroin for the first time and not feeling anything because they're so used to such high dosages of morphine. So in a situation like that, do they go to the dealer and they're like, yo, this shit is garbage. Yeah, this shit, yeah, would you sell me bunk shit? That was my favorite. <laughs> that was my favorite thing when I was using and, and, and you'd be and the dude in, in the methadone clinic would be like, yo, that shit is garbage. I just love to hear that phrase, garbage. You know, garbage. yeah, it's garbage. Um, but uh, but so right. that that changed. So the- you know what I'm saying? That they they it that, that so the heroin potency increased. Then you have everybody going to rehab because of Obamacare. There's just been one catastrophe after another. All with the best of intentions. Okay, like we, we this oxycontin thing's becoming a problem. Let's shut that down. Thinking that the oxycontin addicts are just going to go home and watch TV and everything's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. you know what I mean. Yeah. And so then, then you have 
the transition into heroin. You have the increase in the in the potency of heroin because you want to keep that marketplace, right? You want to get grab those customers. Then you have going in and out of rehab because of Obamacare, and you have them returning back to the sixty percent morphine heroin. Then you have fentanyl. Well, do you think the fentanyl hit the market because these people had these tolerances? Yeah, it's high tolerance. I believe that. And some, you know, somebody somewhere said, hey, what if we mix a little bit of fentanyl in with this? Maybe they would really feel it. See, that's like a real high level thing. I don't consider high level like conspiracy drug dealers. No, it's just it's just people trying to get by. Come on. Have you ever tried? Here's the thing. Have you ever tried to keep a secret? Like, nobody keeps secrets. Everybody thinks there's all these conspiracies. Like, you know, people drift apart. You wouldn't think after three or four years they would have told us who killed Kennedy. You know what I mean? Right. So what do you... What do you... I, tell my, I tell my conspiracy friends, because I played into the Kennedy assassination and all that, maybe Lee Harvey Oswald just had a lucky shot. Right. Right. I mean, right? I don't I don't believe fucking anything like I'm in, in the midst of like, well, that's the thing that I wanted to talk about. So there's a lot of stuff going on. It's, I don't know when you're going to air this, but the, there's been a transition in my buddy's band and my buddy's band. I'm friends with all of them. And there's so much on the Internet and there's so much going on. And there's so many people emailing me and text messaging me. And like, I just want to stay out of it. But I can just tell you that. That you can't, the truth doesn't exist in our modern society. The truth of Dr. Drew and me and celebrity rehab is not true. The truth of what's going on with the chili peppers is not true. The truth of everything. So why do we trust the fucking internet, Dave? Everything is a distortion. It's one person trying to soften it or or lift it or move it around or message it a little better. No, there's no fucking hardcore truths anymore it's just all media messaging and branding i know i'm i'm ensconced in suburbia where the big thrill is vaccinations and and what i just say is like i don't believe anything like i don't believe anything and uh they're like why don't you read the ingredients on the vaccines and i'm like (laughs) i'm like well i drink diet coke and i don't drink the i don't read the ingredients on the diet coke i don't know anything i like i like stay out of everything because i don't believe anything because you can't believe anything that's on the internet or anything that's controlled anything about entertainment is a lie i mean there's some things that are that are that are kind of true, but you can't, you can't, who cares? 90% of it is lies. Well, let you know me, add, I mean? let's back Kanye up for a second. West, Kanye West. Here we go. Is not who you think he is. He's very, he's a businessman. He's everything he does is planned out and thought out. The whole Trump thing was a gimmick. It just, it, the whole thing is just a gimmick and people believe it. And they have such passionate feelings about it. People need to really question the legitimacy of the information that they get. So yeah, be like you and me. I just, I, I don't not care like you. I just believe anything that's being sold to me is probably a lie. Right. 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 Yeah. I, I, and, and it's not that I don't care. I just can't be invested because I don't believe anything I hear. Right. And so, and, and in this holiday spirit, I, I see a great parallel. I have two small children. You have two small children. Uh, Elvis, this year 
really is starting to think who who moves the elf on the shelf around. <laughs> right? How old is we he? Are all, we He's all nine? lie to our children about Santa Claus and fucking elf on the shelf. We are a lying society. And we indoctrinate children into the lie. Then we let them in on it at like 9, 10, 11 years old. We lie. That's what, that's what Americans do. But, dude, you have to understand, I was separated from my family for four or five years, and I was raised Jewish. And kind of when I got my family back, one of the deals was you could come back into this family, but you're not blowing up Santa for this kid. You know, she knew that I wanted, <laughs> she knew that I wanted to be like, listen, we're Jewish. Santa is like a fucking Hallmark card. Santa doesn't hook our people up. You need to know the truth. But the deal that I made to get back in this family was I'm not going to talk about Elf on the Shelf. I'm not, I actually have to do Elf on the Shelf, which my I'll dead mother is too. rolling over in her grave. It's a Shonda for a Jewish person to be doing Elf on the Shelf. What do you say when you forget to do the Elf on the Shelf? I always tell the kids like, oh, he just likes it there. He just likes it. He must really like it there. No, my wife, my wife fucking moves it and she's on it, man. She fucking lives the lie. She loves it. She <laughs> loves the fucking lie. She loves it, Bob. We're all living the lie. But there let me- is no Santa Claus. So then Sid, who's three years old, is obsessed with the cartoon, the uh, Grinch, right? Uh-huh. So I thought it was a surprise. Elvis had a recital yesterday. I, I figure I'll just take the kids and I'll go to the the Grinch thing is at Universal Studios. So we went there yesterday. Sid saw the real person dressed as the Grinch, and all she <laughs> said was that. All she said, a three and a half year old little girl said, "That's not the Grinch." No, <laughs> 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 I'm trying to lie to her, saying, "No, no, no, that's the Grinch. That's the real life Grinch. You watched the cartoon Grinch." That's the Grinch. And she was just looking at it with her forehead, you know, crumpled and like, that's not the Grinch. What did you say? You said, no, it is. <laughs> it is the Grinch. The oh, Grinch Bob. is a real person and it's a cartoon. You you watch the cartoon of him. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> okay. So, so the, the, you know, the spirit of the holidays is to lie and tolerate your family who you probably can't stand. Yeah. Well, that's part of it. Now I want to I want to I want to tell you something that I've heard, and I want you to tell me if it's true or not. I've heard that you are struggling with reaching these millennial drug addicts. Is it true or is this that's fake true. news? That's that's true to to a certain extent, right? And I I do exaggerate it to a certain extent. I, here's another thing: I don't think a lot of these kids are drug addicts. I think they're just in rehab because they 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 don't know how to live. So that's another thing that they really are frightened of their own shadow, a lot of them. They don't know how to get a job. And, yeah, they abuse drugs, right? So they end up in rehab and they just never leave. They just go from one rehab to the other to the other to the other until they're, until they're 26. So those people are really hard to reach because you'd have to just completely – educate them, inspire them, encourage them, build their self-esteem. You know, you can't do that in a month or six weeks or two months. There's so much fundamentals that have just, just been lost on this generation. Right. So the idea is to, is to cultivate a spark. There's that. that, And then there's the whole, 
like little peep world where they just don't even care to live. It, it's crazy. The mentality of some of the the younger people, the twenty somethings that I've dealt with, I just don't know how to. I don't even know how to understand how to help them. I always like living. I always like it because there's records and there's relationships and there's television and there's you know jumping in muddy puddles and there's you know there's French toast. I don't. I you know I just there's so many things that I like about living that I don't want to die and I never did want to die. Right. I right? love. I love the adventure of life. I think I wanted to die when I was at my worst, and it wasn't that I wanted to die. I remember I would draw up crazy shots, and I would hope that I didn't wake up because I couldn't handle my life. I don't know if that's... Well, that, that, that you've gotten so far down, but here's... here's so I used that because I worked in a psych hospital. My first job was to assess people that had been taken into the hospital and put on a hold, you know, like a you know, 5150. So I had to see them in the first 24 hours and assess them whether addiction played into why they tried to kill themselves or wanted to die or whatever. And I started using... You have all these, these questions you ask. Well, I started using one that I made up, and that was... Do you really want to die or do you not like how you're living? Because if you don't like how you're living, you can change it. If you really want to die, there's a bridge on every fucking corner. That, that, that's the truth of it. And 9 out of 10 people in the psych ward don't want to die. They just don't like how they're living. Right? So when you're treating these folks, like what, what works? Like, what, what do but you what find? I was going to tell you, that was in 1999. In 2019, half the kids don't want, don't, don't, don't want to die. They do. It's shocking. They do want to die, it's, you're saying. They do want to die. Let me ask you this. Crazy. Let me ask you about the little people. Of pessimism and hopelessness and just no vision of any future that has anything good in it. And I, you know, I think that a lot of that is these, if you're 22, you grew up with a phone in your hand since you were two years old. Right. Right. Yeah. And so you have access to all this negative information constantly. The planet's heating up and people are horrible and everybody's getting raped and everybody's murdering everybody and they got no money and Trump's a liar or Trump's the greatest thing. And just all this information has been bombarded on them, their entire existence on this planet. You and I remember a time where information wasn't bombarded on us and we can we can kind of we have a defense against it like you can i can just you know what we were talking about i don't believe 90 percent of what i read what if you believed all of it and you didn't have enough and enough kind of experience or ability to like screen it out it just it just overwhelms you with negativity i think let me ask you something about this guy, this little peep guy, little peep. Yeah, I've just been, just been Juice World uh, is the other one that just died. Now I don't, I, I, I only know who little peep is because he died and because I've seen his picture. And same with Juice World, I don't know anything about these guys. I just know that they died. I never listened to their music. Now I'm not saying their music is good, bad, or otherwise. But what I was going to ask you is, these Here's, I'll tell you what their music is. You know what their music is? It's disturbing. 
<laughs> no, it's disturbing the worldview they have on things. It's exactly what I'm describing. Everything sucks. There's no reason to be alive. I wish I was dead. Women are terrible. They always fuck me under. Poor me, poor me. I'm oh, I'm the victim. That's what their music is. But here's what I'm asking. What I'm asking is if they had enough passion to make a song, to make a record, to be an artist, isn't there some sort of joy for life there? Well, I, I can just go from my generation. Yeah, to say that anybody who's famous didn't want to be famous is the ultimate lie. So Michael Stiper, Eddie Vedder, all these people, they wanted to be famous. They made, they formed bands, they wrote songs, they went on tour. You know what I mean? That whole Greta Garbo thing is such bullshit. At a certain point, Fame doesn't fix you. Money doesn't fix you. Right? So so people kind of try to find enlightenment. I think these kids, the little peeps and whatever, they know that fame doesn't fix you. They just do it because it's some sort of thing they can do when they're stoned on pot or something. I, I, I really don't, don't think they're as naive as my generation was. I really did think if I, if I was rich and famous and played music, like, then I would feel differently, right? Yeah. And I think these kids know that they're not going to feel differently. I, I really think they have that information that just keeps bombarding on them. One of those messages is, you know, fame and money doesn't make you happy. That's one thing that I think they have. And so they just do it to, for the sake of doing it, I think, for the sake of, of proving to themselves they can do it. And once they do it, I mean, Little People wrote a song called Gym Class. It's like his third or fourth song he ever wrote. It's fucking, it's a masterpiece. It's a beautiful song. But it is nihilistic and it is pessimistic and it is depressing and it is hopeless. Right? I'm taking your word for it. I'm going to listen to gym class as soon as we hang up. I'm very curious. Right. Me- so anyways, but let's get, get to a happier subject, which is Christmas. I want to tell the worst Christmas story ever. All right, great. So, uh, so my family is kind of, you know, I was disowned. or not. It's, I wasn't disowned. I just wasn't very welcome, right? But um, I knew they always celebrate Christmas Eve at my, uh, my family's house like my aunts and uncles they all have houses in the same property and i i got this great idea when my son elijah was like six years old um if i show up there i know that they they won't they won't like kick me out they're not that type of family there's not gonna be a hubbub they're just gonna be embarrassed and they're gonna be uncomfortable and that's why i didn't go because i'm kind of like that i didn't want to go and feel embarrassed and like a loser so i hadn't been to christmas in like four or five years and i went with elijah knowing that they would feel guilty and give us money so i and it worked like a charm dave so i show up like about six seven o'clock on christmas eve they're all sitting around all my cousins and nephews and nieces and and brothers and everybody and my aunts and uncles and they're all sitting around and we walk in and i'm full-on crack man I, I this is my crack period and uh i weigh like 128 pounds or something and i got my little six-year-old with me and i literally um only had like a gallon of gas to get there <laughs> and we come in and they're like, oh, Bobby, oh, oh, Bobby, oh. 
and they're all kind of phony, like Christmas welcoming me. And one by one, and then one by one, and in groups, they go in the bedroom and they get Christmas cards and they give money to my son, right, for Elijah, mm. right? Because they didn't they didn't know we were coming, so they didn't have presents. So we scored. Ready for this? We rolled out of there with three hundred and sixty dollars, Dave. This was in nineteen ninety three. Yes. How great was that? Mission accomplished. No, but it got then. That's the that's the dopey side of the story. I could end it there. Now let's tell the Bob side of the story. So I'm not a terrible person who's going to spend all that three hundred sixty dollars on drugs. So I went to Thrifties, which is now Rite Aid. I bought him a bunch of nine ninety nine toys. He was so happy. A bunch of he was into Wolverine. Got Wolverine comic books and stuff like that. X Men. So I spent about. $80 on my son. Then I took him with the toys over to my drug dealer's house (laughs) and got him playing with the toys in the living room. And then I smoked crack in the spare bedroom all night, but I would peek out and just see that he was amused by the toys. And the, and the glow of Christmas coupled with the glow of the crack pipe made it a very, very, very Merry Christmas. I think he had a good Christmas. I maybe I we should. I'll ask him. He's gonna. Be, I'm gonna see him Thursday. I'll ask him. Hey, you ever remember being over Junkie Johnny's house and we had Christmas? The Wasn't ve- that a good Christmas? The very, <laughs> the very cracky Christmas. Do you think he remembers it? Yeah, you're six. I would imagine Did he you, remembers the apartment because it's on Hollywood Boulevard. It's kind of cool apartment. So I see. I see. One of the things that I've been enjoying watching is like your. Your musical spirit has been reignited, and and you've got Thelonious Monster playing. You've got the Bicycle Thief Project happening. Uh, you know, I saw some of the from your Narcan training. I We're saw. Both, I'm making both albums right now. It's kind of crazy, like trying to make two albums at the same time. Write write songs that fit like a folk thing, like the Bicycle Thief, and then write these rock songs with Thelonious Monster. It's been fun. It's been interesting. But the reason why it all happened is. Evan Haynes, my partner in Aloe, and I and his wife Alexis decided to get to give out Narcan to in Los Angeles, right? So about six months ago, we had this big event. We got all the local news channels, everything. We were co- coupled with these parents that had lost their children, this big advocate, Wendy. And it was just this, you know, giving away free Narcan, well advertised in Santa Monica, in a park near where many homeless people and drug addicts are. Nobody came, like 40 people Mm. in a whole three-hour day. We couldn't even – we had so much Narcan left over. I took like 20 doses myself and was giving them away when I'd see people at 7-Eleven or something. So I started thinking, how can you get drug addicts to go get free Narcan? And it just hit me. Music, Thelonious Monster, right? Because anybody that, I don't know, most of your viewers don't know, anybody who liked Thelonious Monster in the 80s was a drug addict. Now they're sober. <laughs> right. Right? But they know, they sponsored people going in and out, or they know, or their kids are on drugs, or they know where to get the Narcan too. So my plan was to get the, the sober Thelonious Monster fans to the gig, give them Narcan, and then that will trickle down, just like Ronald Reagan economics. The Narcan will trickle down. <laughs> to the people who need them, exactly. Yeah, I love yeah. that. And so we gave away like an ungodly amount of Narcan. It was great. 
And uh, and I saw some of the the bicycle thief performance, and it's fucking amazing. You and Josh was is I mean, like I was incredibly impressed. Um, where can people hear anything or see anything? Well, the bicycle thief has only made one record, and it's coming out on vinyl with a guy from New York, from Queens, actually, is releasing it on vinyl. It's going to be digital. It's just hard because the record company that owned it, you know, closed up and sold their, their, their catalog to Sony. Sony didn't even know they owned it. You know what I mean? It's like hard to track down the music business. Right. So now they tracked it down. It's going to come out in vinyl and then we're going to make a follow up. That's going to come out right after the vinyl release of bicycle thief. So, you know, I'm writing songs. One song you're going to love. It's called, I remember the eighties. You're going to love that song, Dave. I'm sure I will. You guys should do a dope song we'll fucking slap it on the show you should do a little dopey ditty no we'll come to new york we're making the record in new york i think all right two of the guys that the main two guys that produce the bicycle thief live in new york so josh and mark so we're probably the four of us will get together in new york is what i'm hoping and we'll come play live on dopey wow dude i mean the last time i saw you in person was at cats is like four years ago so i would love to see you again in person and i think we're gonna fucking figure out a dopey con in la so i'll see you then you'll definitely be at. yeah i'll definitely come to that it was just hard like the older i get here's another thing like i know you probably like traveling i know that evan my partner he loves traveling he goes everywhere dude if you spent your whole life from 1983 or 84 to 1999 going from town to town for, you're talking about Thelonious Monster. How about this? I got, I had all the Thelonious Monster boxes of stuff from my life, and I finally opened it up once I moved into this house. In like 1991, Thelonious Monster played 89 concerts in 93 days. In 93, 89 cities in 93 days. Amazing. I mean, it's just, it was amazing. And we were all on heroin. It's all. So that's another thing that I don't buy about the modern addict. I was on heroin. I played, I know for a fact, I played 89 concerts in 93 days. Dope sick, high, uh, drunk, on buprenorphine, whatever. I fucking did something when I was on dope. And And the new generation, they've never, they can't even fathom that. You know what I mean? So, so that's why we need to find a different way of communicating, introducing, inspiring this generation because, because they don't even understand what you're talking about. When I tell them, they just think I'm lying. How, how did you play 89 shows in 93 days? I said, I don't fucking know. Jägermeister, heroin, cocaine, methamphetamine, morphine, buprenorphine. Well, it was also, it was also, it was a country full of kids dying to see punk rock shows was the real yeah, thing. It was, it was, it drove the youth. You know what I'm saying? Everybody wanted to be at every show. Shows were fucking seven bucks. It was a good time. Nobody had a phone in their hand. Oh, Bob. I wanted to ask you this. Um, how, how long are you clean? You're clean forever. How long are you 23, clean? 23. You know what? Chuck, my partner on Don't Die, just asked me yesterday, and I said, 20, I think I'm going to be 23. No, I'm 23 years sober. I'm going to be 24 years sober. Well, congratulations. But the question is this. You know, addicts all do something that's addicty. What What do you do? Like, what kind of vice do you still have? Oh, the vices? 
Yeah, it's eBay. Like, it's just ridiculous. eBay and nicotine gum. Dude, nicotine gum is like total speed. I went on this dude's podcast and he was chewing nicotine gum and I took a piece. I like didn't eat three meals and I didn't shut up. Yeah, it's, a, it's an appetite suppressant for sure. So how, how, so you take nicotine gum and you buy things on eBay? What do you get? You get anything. No, like, but what do I you got, get? I got a Ronnie, I bought a Ronnie, I was bidding on a Ronnie Van Zant autograph. I got it for like $135 or something. If uh, any of your listeners know who Ronnie Van Zandt is, do you? Of course I do. Uh, ex-lead, dead lead singer of Leonard yeah. Skinner. How do I not know who Ronnie yeah. Van Zandt is? Come on. I, you know, it's not like something I need, but it was something that that thing inside you that's so so driven to compulsion and obsession. and that, That's very, I don't think it is addiction. I think it resembles addiction. I think it's also very American. It's very consumerism. But it's just like I was. I became obsessed with Leonard Skinner like a year ago, and I was read a couple books about them. And then all of a sudden, I was just cruising around eBay looking for Leonard Skinner, and there was this autograph of Ronnie Van Zandt. I was like, "Oh, I have to have that." Do you know that feeling, Dave? I have to have that. You know, I just went to uh, to like we were struggling with our car stereo. Like, because the bass was so loud when we listened to the radio, we were sure it was broken. And, and our car, we have an older car and there's no Bluetooth. So I took the car, st- I took the car to one of these stereo places um, uh, to get a, a, a Bluetooth car stereo. Walked out of there with a TV set in your dashboard? I, I never thought I would spend money like that in my life. I, I now I have this ridiculously beautiful fucking, I have like the most beautiful car stereo in the shittiest car. It's like only it's like I, I never was this stupid before, but it's very satisfying, Bob. It's the first time I've ever been upsold. It's the first I I have to have that in a long time. Yeah, but I I, I know I know what you're talking about. I, the TV thing I'm obsessed with now. Get this. I make the kids watch TV in the car because I got all this fancy TVs in the car and they don't want to. They just want to be on their phones. But I'm like, put your phones down. Watch the TV. Look at the 12-inch <laughs> screen you have in front of your face right now. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so funny. <laughs> we have the Grinch blasting in there. We got the Grinch. You're watching the Grinch. It's like being in a movie theater in here. But is, she, know, like, is she like, That's not the Grinch. <laughs> That's not the Grinch. That's some guy being paid $30 an hour to dress up like the Grinch at an amusement park. But That's how she said it. <laughs> wow, good for her. But how good is the music in the original Grinch? That shit is fucking... Such, in- the Grinch is the greatest. The music, man. That, that singing. It's like, you don't... Like, that's, I mean, like that's the other thing, is Christmas music... The old Christmas music, it was... Yeah, the Peanuts, the Peanuts soundtrack. And all that really old shit, like Silver Bells and all that, all those old Christmas songs and the the actual recordings were so magical. I don't know, I, I'm let's like... Let's bring some sickening, let's bring some sickening recovery uh, stuff to Dopey right now. You want to hear a beautiful story about recovery and sobriety and transformation, Dave? Yeah, let's let's do it. 
so Chrissy had an appointment or she went somewhere she went to LA and I picked up Sid at school and at her nap time at two o'clock she had a bottle and I just held her and I sang Silent Night to her. I sang um Winter Wonderland real soft and she fell asleep in my arms. And that's because of the twelve steps and sobriety and recovery and go. the people in these rooms. There we go. <laughs> But it was a beautiful moment. You know, I hate that sickening recovery stuff, but I did have one of those moments of like, this is almost impossible. I'm holding my precious daughter singing her Christmas songs and she's falling asleep. I, you know, and I used to steal car stereos to buy dope and I was homeless. And that's the miracle. That's, you know what, you know what I sing to, to put my daughter to sleep? I sing, uh, I sing, goodbye, cruel world. I'm leaving you today. Goodbye, goodbye. Is that an Elvis Costello song? No, Pink, Pink Floyd. Uh, oh, Pink Floyd. And, and I'm singing it to my, my 18-month-old, and as I was singing goodbye, she goes, goodbye, goodbye. <laughs> and I'm like, I have to record it. I have to record it and put it on in the, in the end of the show. Um, I love you, Bob. I wouldn't wish you a Merry Christmas. I, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Oh, do you want to give us any insider dirt on the on the changing of the guard of America's one of America's last standing rock and roll bands? Because everybody knows that John Frusciante rejoined the Chili Peppers. Any insider dirt before we go, yeah, Mr. Forrest? It's just natural, and it was going to happen. And and what what's interesting to me is they're just a bunch of guys that I know. They're just a they're human beings and the way the internet just makes it like, you know, you would think Jesus had returned. <laughs> right. It's just a guitar player in a band came back. Well, one of the things though, the dopey thing is that if you follow the chili peppers and you're, and you follow John Frusciante and you're a heroin addict, chances are you saw those weird Dutch movies of, of him with his eyes bugged out, all fucked up. Right. And right, he, he's right. sober now. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been sober for a long time, but but the idea that it's, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get the modern world. I can't imagine. So so what would have happened if there was social media during Led Zeppelin's era? Like, would it just be, you know, uh, 10 times this kind of fanaticism? Because people are really fanatics about him. I, he's a great musician, a great songwriter, great guitar player. I just don't understand the 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 psychophancy around it. Around him, I think it's because yeah. I think it's because things like "Give It Away" and "Under the Bridge" were so fucking big, and then he went total ballistic heroin addict and, and like looked like he was about to die, and then he walked away from it. It creates that it creates that great rock and roll myth. You know, because he walked right. away from it and people are drawn to, the, I mean, and that's something that you should love. It's that rock and roll myth that you and I love so but much. People, you know what? I, I guess what I'm describing, I don't like the meanness about Josh. Josh is like a son to me. And I think people are gross and they hide right. behind fake names. It's just, you know, Josh filled in, he was in there for 10 years and he was great. And now John's back and Josh will do something else. And we're probably going to do the bicycle thief. So, so, so why do people have to be so mean? Because they're idiots. Fuck them. You know, fuck them. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, I, I, to me, it's not going to be much different. But, but to other people, it just seems like it's just the greatest thing that ever happened. 
and and okay, then celebrate it's the greatest thing. You're so excited and you can't wait to see John. And don't attack Josh. It's just so gross. People are so gross. I don't I don't disagree, you know, and, and in fact I have a phrase for these gross people. I call them SG, which stands for super gross. Because they're super <laughs> gross. You're totally right. And that kid, the job, I mean, I, I didn't... Li- I can tell you, you know, I wish we could just find them and confront them. Because I, I just, sometimes I read some of the stuff that's even on my website, because I'm associated with them. And I just want to find this person and go knock on their door. Right. And I don't even want to yell at them. I just want to knock on their door and them open it and see that there's human beings here. These are human beings. It's funny. It's funny. It's like um, the other day I posted a picture of Chris. I found this picture of Chris with a dopey hat, and I posted it because it was such a – I just thought it was a cool picture. And yeah, I, I, saw, I saw it. I liked it. I liked it on your, on your thing. I liked it. I gave it a heart. Well, I love that. But, but the thing is that um, – you know, I think it's important that we bring Chris into the show as much as possible. The show would not exist. He he started the show. He was my great friend. He's a part of it. His death is part of our story, the whole thing. And, and right. everybody wrote beautiful stuff. Some dude wrote on the Instagram chain, uh, what did you, fuck him or something? Get over it. You're going to relapse oh, just my. like him. And I looked at it and I Don't fi- you want to go knock on that guy's door? Well, I, I deleted I deleted the comment, which I feel bad about. I felt like there was a fascist move, but I was like, I don't want to hear about it. You know, I think I'm fortunate. I don't get that many trolls at this point uh, because Dopey's not really that big. It's big. It's huge in my mind. But like, that's how trolls are. You know, they're fuckers. But I don't even know what trolls means. They just go around being negative on everybody's website, or are they people that really? do like dopey I, I don't really i don't even really understand it so what i've taken to in the last 48 hours because it's been going on forever anybody that says something negative about josh on my my thing i just delete them all right so right that, that's a- and so so if you're a dopey fan and you've been mean about josh I, you, you'll know you'll know why you got deleted well there you go i think that could be the final christmas message but seriously um I love having you on the show, and uh, do you want to deliver a final Christmas message? We don't want the, the the the. Well, I've been saying it to a lot of my sponsees and a lot of people that get freaked out during the holidays. It's only fucking Wednesday. It's just another fucking Wednesday. That's all you got to do. You got to get through another Wednesday. You right. know what I mean? And what about people who string it together with Thanksgiving and New Year's and say it's not just Wednesday? It's it's uh you know seven weeks or whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, New Year's New Year's isn't really a problem anymore. People like cool people don't go out on New Year's, so you know. And I always think junkies are cool, so so you're probably just gonna do what you did when you were getting high. If this is your first sober New Year's, just watch TV and <laughs> exactly. jack off or do whatever you're gonna do. That's perfect. But, Exactly, but, but but Christmas is overblown and so much emphasis put on. It's just ridiculous. Just another day. It's just another day. You know, I've always loved the bullshit Christmas stuff. I love it. It like I'm such a romantic for that shit. I don't know. Well, you wh- know what? There, you were you're younger. You're way younger than me. There was this really cool trend in the early '80s where it was called Christmas in July, and people used to have Christmas parties in New York. In the Lower East Side, people were doing it, 
in Hollywood, they used to have Christmas parties in July, and it was so fun because you had the lights and the trees and presents and Christmas music. And it's just like, it, and I guess I have that imprinted in my mind from when I was like 21 years old. Like, you can do this Christmas music thing. It's it, it's it's the beautiful music and it's celebratory and the lights are pretty and it's fun and and all that kind of celebratory thing. But in fact, there is no Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. It's all bullshit. It's all it's a lie. It's all of us that agree to be nice to each other and do this thing on December 25th. The best. Bah humbug. <laughs> Fuck the 25th. Thanks, Bob. <laughs> it's just uh, Wow, it's just what? I keep saying it's just another Wednesday. It's Wednesday, people, come home. Well, you've heard it all here. So it's just another Wednesday, but Merry fucking Christmas. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. Thanks, Bob. Thank you. Yo, this episode's going to be super long. You know that? Really long. Are we on camera right now? No, we're on the air. I mean, we're, we're on well, the There's air no right camera, now. but yeah, we're being yeah. recorded. Um, By that, the way, when Dave turned the microphones off, he admitted to me that he shouldn't have deleted that first part. It was a mistake. But I, <laughs> I, I mean, I make a lot of mistakes. Yeah. I have no problem admitting yeah. it. So yeah, that was Bob Forrest, fucking drug addict in recovery, treatment center owner, uh, I guess drug, I, I guess clinician, you would call him, and a musician, and a great friend of the show, and I love having him on the show with his beautiful message of Christmas. Um. One thing that you guys should know, and I mean, you guys know, but Peter should know, is we're starting to give away scholarships to rehab. And we have a scholarship to give away to a sick um, and suffering addict who thinks they need to go to treatment. So, wow. That's, yeah. a, that's great. Yeah, it's pretty good, right? I'm just hearing about this for the first time. That is, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. No, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Of course. It's fucking great. Yeah. So um, if you want to get a uh, scholarship to Mountainside, and Mountainside was the rehab where I ran into Chris and we met, and it's an amazing place with tons of great amenities and amazing treatment. They definitely put me uh, on the path to getting better. Uh, Send in a one page on why you think you should go. And whoever we pick, just know that there will be more scholarships available for you guys. I also want to give a shout out to I know that treatment centers play the show occasionally in groups, so I want to give a shout out to all of those guys. And I want P- I got a an interesting email just now today, and I want Peter to read it. Um, it's from this uh, Peter. Read it. Okay, should I say her name or not? Yeah, say you her could name? say her name. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dear Dave, my name is Jennifer Redden, and I have personal and professional reasons for writing. First, I'm a full fledged member of the Dopey Nation. I love your work, your take on recovery, and I'm- isn't it amazing that she thinks this is my work? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. I love your yeah. I love your hobby, your take on recovery, and I've enjoyed listening to your brutally honest journey since episode one. Second, I am a lawyer who works in family court and is now back in school pursuing my pursuing my PhD in social work. Mm. La di da. Okay. <laughs> I've attached. <laughs> I'm a college dropout who's in a back room perusing Pornhub. No, all right. I've attached uh, my CV along with a bio so you can see my background. What does CV stand for? Curriculum vitae. What is that? Dave. Really? I'm serious. Seriously? CV? It's a resume. Curriculum yeah. vitae? 
Yeah. You can't pronounce minutia. What's the other word you can pronounce? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, please. Anyway, all right. One of the goals of most PhD programs... Wait, pro- hold on. Why don't you sing a little Nina Simone for me? <laughs> no. One of the goals of most PhD programs is to do research and publish in journals. I want to take my genuine love of Dopey and make it scholarly. I haven't narrowed down the specifics of the research question because I wanted to consult with you first and then develop a plan with one of my professors. Look at that. PhD candidates using you as a consultant, Dave. Uh, we, I'll- haven't, we haven't consulted yet. All <laughs> right. Right, right, right. Although I have the basics. I would be looking to do a qualitative study. Uh, Jennifer, I don't know that Dave knows the difference between a qualitative and quantitative. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> uh, interview- what is, Peter, what's the difference between a qualitative and quantitative study? I'm not going to tell you, Dave. Just tell me. Just tell me. What is it? I don't know myself, but I, I know do, that you don't know do it you know, Do you know what it is? No, I don't. And, you're, you acting, don't and you're, act, you're acting like I'm stupid. I knew that you didn't know. <laughs> and you think that you're fucking smart, but you don't fucking know the difference. Dude, do you know the difference? What would you guess the difference between a qualitative and quantitative analysis? I think that qualitative studies look at the uh, the quality of the data, and quantitative studies look at the qu- focus on the quantity This is of data. why you're better at, at test, standardized testing. <laughs> continue. All right. So I'm looking to do a qualitative study, interview-driven, of the listeners of Dopey seeking to understand uh, what impact this show has on their personal recovery. Uh, all, right. All, all interviews would be confidential and would comply with academic privacy standards as well. There are lots of details to discuss, but I don't want to go too deep. Good. <laughs> if it's not something that you would consider. I really think there's a wealth of information out there that can be gained from speaking to listeners if they're willing about how the podcast impacts their lives and sobriety. Wow, nice. So that's something that's going on. If, if you guys want to participate in her quantitative or qualitative qualitative, qualitative uh, <laughs> study, let me know. Write an email to dopeypodcast at gmail.com. Um, lots of exciting stuff. It's Christmas time. Uh, you know, I could have made this whole show about not using and feeling squirrely during Christmas time. But you guys, if you feel squirrely, call somebody, right? I guess it's going to be Christmas in a second anyway. Peter's so fucking depressed, he doesn't even care about Christmas. <laughs> no, so I'm what's your favorite Christmas song? My favorite Christmas song? Yeah, you like Silver Bells, you like Santa... Wait, 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 hold up. I erased your section. Come back. Come back. I particularly actually like uh, 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 jazz right now. There's a lot of jazz that's like super pretentious and horrible, but there are some great... I love jazz renditions of uh, of some Christmas songs. So we'll get to... I can't find any. I've just heard them in my life. I don't know any of them, but... You don't... Do you don't... A little... Uh, no. <laughs> how about... Does, does we... Does... Uh, what's that song with... Uh, it's, a, it's a Christmas carol where it's like... Remember when you're around and it's so good, or or it's always going to be good. When what's what name a Christmas song like a really sentimental, sappy, slow one? I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. No, another one. <laughs> um, oh, you know what just occurred to me in the in the in, in the segment that you deleted, you talked about how what how what a great singer I was, and you were kissing my ass, and I was secretly very flattered. You're such a great singer. No, that was in this segment. That no, was, that was in no, the this was, that was, no, this was. Are the, you sure? Yeah, I'm positive. It was in the beginning because I was trying to get you to sing Handel's oh, the Messiah. Okay. And speaking of that Handel's, wasn't deleted part. no, okay, okay. Handel's Messiah. You know, Dad, my welcome back to the show. I, I deleted your section. Not kissing my ass, but you know, the best part of the section though is when I put my dad on the spot about his internet dating. No, I'm not going to repeat that. Ah, oh, see, there you it's, go. It's gone. <laughs> yes, he deleted it. Can you believe it? Why did he delete it? I, because he's. I don't know why, Dave. Listen, I want to go out and get Nora's uh, birthday present. That's where I was going to go now. 
just that's what we're doing the show here. We don't. Can I hear... just review what the joke? I, I said to everybody, have a very very merry Christmas and happy holidays, and everybody uh, stay healthy out there and be wonderful. Oh no 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 about the dating website. No. Oh, he was making believe that I, that's all I do all the time. Actually, you have to be careful with it and make sure that you're in charge. Of... I, I don't want to hear about that. What I want to <laughs> hear about is this. More sewer, by the way. No, what? What is the Christmas song that I'm thinking of where it's like when you were? No, what's a, what's another Christmas song? I can't even remember oh. any of them. It's Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. You know that song? Have yeah. yourself yeah. a... <laughs> it's such a sad... It's like, if you're... You don't go. If your life isn't good, like, it's the saddest song yeah, ever. Yeah. I don't really like that song too much. From now on, our troubles will be miles away. Doesn't that, like, as a depressed person, does that song fuck you up? Um, no, but I don't like that song that much. Although I get, I, I bet you, if Nina Simone had done a uh, had been commissioned to do a, uh, a a powerful version of that, she probably would have done a great one. I always liked that song. See, I grew up in a in a good family. In a good see, the other thing about Peter that's so funny to me is he shows up in a normal middle class house and he's like he's bugged out because he didn't like he like I oh I is this true or not true? What, what, what? I've always thought that he's not good at meeting parents. Like when yeah. we were kids, you were oh, terrible. At it. Yes. Oh no, of course. I mean, not because it would be it was so like uh, jarring. Like I would meet, uh, I, you know, I would. Well, there's one. There's one person's parent. I, I met specifically, which I don't want to say because he's famous now. But uh, but uh, and I, I I I met his mom, and I was like, this explains everything. This is someone's mom. Like when I, when I would meet people whose parents were like warm and loving and normal and like and like not crazy, it was just very uh, very unusual. You know what I mean? It would be just like uh, like I felt like when uh, like when the when the Vietnam soldiers would get dropped off at Vietnam, they'd be like, where the hell am I? You know, it's like un, like just an unusual feeling and vibe that took a, that was just not I wasn't used to you know what I mean totally and, and I know that my sister like you would come here when we were in high school and you would act like you would put on the total crazy shtick and my <laughs> sister fucking hated you really and she would talk about you at the table and my mother would be like I don't know about this Peter Loesch whoa, whoa what do you mean hated me how could you why because well you were a total dick you would come dick? in dick what you, no, you used to you, you, you weren't nice to everybody either I, I you would do your little people. routine Come on, stop! You were you tried to be. Well, nice. I made jokes. Listen, you would show up, and sometimes you would do an act right. to make somebody feel laugh. uncomfortable. No, to make someone laugh. You would often do these psycho routines where they didn't know you were doing the routine, right. like Ali G. But it was for someone else. For someone else's right. Somebody benefit. else would benefit from the other person feeling terrible. Well, ultimately. Anyway, yes. Um, now before you go. <laughs> We um, it's very exciting. This week, at some point this week, Dopey Podcast, this little thing we like to call Dopey, is going to hit three million downloads on a scale of one to ten. How impressed are you? Uh, uh sorry, I, my, my, I was thinking about something. I was about thinking about hurting, thinking hurting about people's feelings. No, I was thinking about what you were just saying. Try to remember. Uh, uh oh, three million. Uh, yeah, definitely ten. I mean, it's really ten. Awesome. Wow, that, that 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 you that you. Uh, well, because I, I I was with I knew you in the depths of the of the lowest lows, and it's just amazing what's happened now. You know, how bad was I at the lowest lows? It was like you so bad I couldn't even you couldn't even be talked to. I couldn't even talk to you. You couldn't even talk to you because it was just like it was just a. Uh, 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 you know, you, you, you were consumed with your addiction. You would, be, you would be like, you know, obviously on the nod, but like saying you'd been clean for a day or something. And uh, it was just like, 
couldn't even talk to you. All right. Well, on that note, <laughs> let's go to my father's prediction because my dad loves to predict this. And also, I said I was going to give away a pair of free dopey socks to the winner, but I'm so unorganized. Or is the word unorganized or disorganized? Disorganized. I'm so disorganized <laughs> that I have no idea who's going to win. So as usual, I'm not going to come through on the prize. I never oh, come through. Um, but here, Dad, what is your prediction? Christmas Eve. What Midnight, time? right before no, December 25th. Just before the birth of baby Jesus. Peter, what is your, um, your what? prediction? For what? The three millionth download. What time? Where, when, how, what, when? I, I, have no, I don't know anything about... Uh, you don't know anything about anything. You predict <laughs> shit for a living, so gonna, predict. It's going to be on uh, iTunes at uh, 1.14 a.m. on uh, December 26th. And tonight, <laughs> who is playing tonight? It's Friday what? night. You got any picks? Well, for right now I'm only doing college basketball. So who do you like, uh, Seton doing, Hall? No, I haven't even looked How's at games. How's Seton That's Hall what, these days? Uh, well, I, uh, you, you really want me to ask that question? No, Dave, no. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> because they did play a very interesting game last night that we talked about a lot on the show. But I don't think you want me to talk about that. Night. Let me ask you this: uh-huh. If you talk about Seton Hall, mm-hmm. right, um, but you don't watch the game, right? How, how does that work? Well, because I know that they had two huge players who were, uh, who were out of the lineup, which caused them to be a big underdog against a, a quality team. The question is, did the market overreact to that or not? And, uh, you know, I know all the factors. I know all the numbers, obviously. It's very stats-based. Okay, I don't understand that stuff. Okay. Let's go to this. <laughs> That's quantitative. There, quantitative, there exactly. Is, there is something coming up, uh-huh. a big sporting event coming up. Right, what's well, that? I don't know. I'm asking you. What's the big sporting event coming up? Uh, I just again, I just do college basketball. What's the big college game coming up? Uh, St. John Syracuse. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not. You're not getting it. Dave. Did you know that the mascot <laughs> for for Minnesota is a golden gopher? Yeah, I know. Uh, one thing I would do well at is I can answer all the mascots. Did you know that you and I went to see uh, some sort of punk rock? Here, Dad, you want to say goodbye to the Dopey Nation? Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, everybody. Love to all. He's single, ladies, and on many <laughs> dating websites. The Dopey Nation is very, very interested in my dad, as you can imagine, Peter. Peter. Yeah. Oh, very, yes, you too. Very nice to see you. Your you dad see how, loves you me. See, you see how uncomfortable he is? Oh, yes, <laughs> nice to see you, sir. <laughs> no, he, just, he loves me. That's because he sees you're broken. He's trying to be nice. <laughs> so before we go, um, first of all, I think, I want to know what you guys think uh, me and Peter side project, a podcast could look like. I think it would be like a, you know that Deus and Mera? You know that show? Yeah. We would be like the nerdy, white, Jewish version of that. Wait, but those guys are, are super famous. Are you kidding? I, I think we could do the same thing. Just no, you're, the, thinking, just, you're thinking about this. and I'm thinking about it's something that'll be like fun, that'll give me a little bit of purpose, a little bit of happiness right. in life. And if, 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 if three or fewer people like it, then, then we wouldn't do it. But if four or more liked it, then we would continue it. And if, if 10 or more liked it, then we would do it for at least a year. Well, the thing about it to me is that, um, is that I know that if it was really successful, you'd, nev- you'd, you'd blow it. You'd, you'd ruin the whole thing. You'd crash the whole thing That's, like a plane into the side of a Dave, I'm not. I'm a different person now. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm serious. Dude, what happened to my fucking show with you and the Dominicans? You didn't fucking do it. Right. And they're, there, they're still saying, they come to me with these puppy dog eyes and say, Dave, what happened to Peter? Lusha? I still want no because there's because it was a good idea. I didn't have the ability to do it at that time, Listen, not because I, I wanted to, but wasn't self. I, I, I would still do it with them. I throw the challenge. Uh-huh. I I I'm always up for hanging out and podcasting with you, Peter. Love you, Dave. I still have problems, but I'm not the same problems that I had when I was twenty, dude. Yeah, 
I want to see it happen. Okay. Now, here we go. Dopey review of the week. Peter, read the review. Okay. This one? Yeah. Starting there. Yeah. Dave and his guest emit a powerful resonance vibrating through the bones of active addicts and those of us in recovery alike. I started listening during my first month clean through a relapse, and now I'm about to celebrate one year sober, and I love the perfect blend of topics and formats. Spread the word and toodles to the dopey nation. See, this is great. No, no, read this one. What? Okay, this one. Yeah. This show is what's hot in 2019. No way. This show is hot, is what's hot in 2019, and will be even hotter in 2020. Dave, you're on trend. Probably, probably not after this episode. <laughs> Everyone who's anyone that has a dynamite personality and a bombastic creative nature has pursued the opiated bliss that turns the volume down on the world around them so you can finally Except focus. Except you. You've yeah. never, yeah, actually, no, you did have a codeine thing in Costa Rica. No, no, no. I, Continue, I, please. I take headache pills for headaches. Uh, problem is, that's just that's not... That's what Oxycontin addicts say, too. No, but this... I, Continue. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Pro- problem is, that's just not sustainable. So us tastemakers had to quit. No, I, have to, I don't want to make this show go on too long, but I've told you about, like, if I, the, one, of the bad, one of the reasons I never did drugs is because if I ever start, if I feel bad and start to feel artificially good because of a drug, that makes me feel worse. Like, that's why I never did drugs. You know what I mean? Okay. Because they made me feel worse, literally. Not bad. But anyway, um, okay, so... Uh, uh, problem, but that's just because of my brain. Anyway, all right. Uh, problem is that's not sustainable, so us tastemakers had to quit eventually, often while being dragged hair first, but we did it. We stayed stopped, and this show makes it much, much easier to stay stopped because it keeps us connected to the reasons why we had to stop and keeps them visible in the rearview mirror as we drive off towards a better life. SSDN and toodles for Chris. Wow. Do you know what SSDN stands for? Um, 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 stay, uh, strong stay Strong Dopey Nation. Nation. Yeah. Sure. Um, okay. Now, before we go, I, I have a bunch of Christmas messages to play from some of the, of the Dopey Nation. So do you okay. want to hear them yeah. before we go? Yeah. All right, great. Dopey Nation, this is Matt Wiedemeyer Carroll from Iowa. Wishing all you motherfuckers out there in the Dopey Nation a happy holidays and a Merry Christmas. Dave, we love you, man. Keep doing what you're doing. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to all y'all motherfuckers. Stay strong, Dopey Nation, and fucking toodles for Chris. Hello, this is Simon LeBon from Duran Duran, wishing everybody in the Dopey Nation a Merry Christmas. Hey Dave, hey Dopey Nation, Merry fucking Christmas from Gabby in Australia. Hope everyone has a really safe Christmas this year, if you're using, if you're not using. I'm one year clean from any mind or mood-altering substances on the 27th massive part of that is thanks to Dave and Chris and Dopey Nation so thank you everyone if you don't have anyone around this Christmas go to a fucking meeting just fucking do it alright love you all bye hello this is Eugene Myerson with Myerson Myerson Kaufman and Schwartz wishing all of you in the Dopey Nation a very merry Christmas I also want to give you an update on Vice HBO has dropped their show They drop their fucking show because they're bad actors. They do bad things. And they tried to fuck over the Dopey Podcast. So, fuck them. But I love you. Merry Christmas, Dopey Nation. And doodles. What's up and Merry Christmas, Dopey Nation. This is Jed from the Church and Other Drugs Podcast. Wishing you a happy Hanukkah, Merry Kwanzaa. That's all I know of. Uh, And stay safe. Nobody likes going to the emergency room on Christmas. Everybody knows that. So stay strong, Dopey Nation, and toodles. Hello, this is Ringo Starr. Peace and love. Peace and love. 
Wishing everybody a Merry Christmas and the Dopey Nation. Don't be dopey. Have a Merry Christmas. Peace and love. Peace and love. Merry Christmas, Dopey. Happy Holidays, Dave. It's Aurora. I want to wish you and the Dopey Nation a safe and sober holiday season. And um, it reminds me of when I saw this old timer speak and he said, non-alcoholic beers are for non-alcoholics. So, yeah, everybody just, you know, hold on to your glass of sparkling water and chug it like I used to chug white wine at the holidays. Um, It actually reminds me of the year that I ruined Christmas. And, uh, yeah, I just drank copious amounts of Prosecco and uh, white wine until I got completely belligerent, uh, caused a scene at uh, Christmas, was screaming and crying at my best friends, and uh, I stormed out of the car at one point and traipsed off into the woods by myself, could have gotten hypothermia and died, and ended up leaving the next day without saying goodbye to anyone and cutting the Christmas holiday short. So it's a good reminder that I don't have to live like that anymore and I never have to feel that way again. What a relief. Um, So yeah, nobody has to have another dopey Christmas if you don't want to. So yeah, lots of love and I look forward to Dopey taking over the world in 2020. Merry Christmas, Dopey. I listened to that show. I listened to it before I went into coma. I used to know a guy who sold Dave drugs. Glad things working out for you. Merry Christmas, Dopey Nation. Hey, Dopey Nation. It's Teens from Philly. Uh, Kensington, to be exact. I, um, a little bit ago, as Dave would say, I found myself fucked. <laughs> so I went to rehab, and while I was there, I read Amy Johnson's book in my dopey hoodie. And now this Christmas, my family will have me clean and sober for 90 days. So if you're feeling stuck... Get your ace to rehab. It's a fucking war zone out there, guys. Have a happy and safe holiday. Toodles for Chris. Go Eagles. Hello, Dopey Nation. This is Ishmael. I want to wish you all an unbelievable Christmas and a super happy holiday. Toodles for Chris. Stay strong, Dopey Nation. Hey, guys. It's Amy Dresner, author of My Fair Junkie and Dopey Guest. Uh, wanting to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. Uh... One Christmas, I think it was 2011, yeah, I uh, got high on Oxy and tried to stab my ex, and uh, that wasn't good. So don't get high on Oxy and try and stab anyone on Christmas, because then you get a felony and you can't go into Canada, and no one will hire you, and it's just no bueno at all. So stay safe, stay away from the knives. Big kiss, and toodles. This is Glenn from Cheer Up, the podcast that takes a dark look at happiness. The holidays can be pretty depressing. But if you think you're depressed, listen to those schmucks on the Dopey Podcast, and then you'll feel a lot better. Happy holidays. Stay strong. What's up, Dopey Nation? This is Andrew from Philly. I'm just calling in to wish all you guys a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And Dave, thanks for doing what you do every week. Everybody stay safe out there. It was good meeting all you guys at DopeyCon, whoever was there, and I look forward to it next year. All right, peace. 
Merry Christmas, Nation. I hope you have a wonderful holiday this year. This is Morrissey wishing everyone in the Dopey Nation a happy holidays in 2019. Hey, this is Jeremy Turner, a.k.a. Whitey Tidies. I just want to thank the Dopey Nation and Dave for all the support in 2019. It really helped. Y'all kept me hanging on. I'm going to be back strong in 2020. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and toodles for Chris. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and a Happy New Year, Happy Kwanzaa, and all that good stuff. And stay strong, Dopey Nation. <laughs> uh, toodles. Merry Christmas, Dopey Nation. Toodles. I love hearing from everybody in the Dopey Nation. I lo- I lo- I'm a Jew who loves Christmas. I love mm-hmm. Christmas carols. I love that sad Christmas carol. Um, I love love and peace and joy, and I love carols in the street and shit and snow and i love all this fucking crap yeah i mean it's funny because like they 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 take all those concepts to market it to sell you stuff but then actually the concepts do kind of seep through you know what i mean do you feel like that in certain ways you know what i mean i i personally (laughs) i love being at work at katz's like it's crazy busy right but there's so much love like at the end of it there's all this like hugging and loving and it's it's beautiful, and I bet you Christmas war and Christmas is like that. Christmas in rehab can be like that if you're over the hump mm-hmm. or like actually want to get better. Well, actually, now that you think, of it, I'm going to have to research this. But wasn't there like a famous scene in World War II where for Christmas the two sides decided they were going to stop fighting and like they met in the middle of the? I swear to God, I'm not making this up. Like the Germans and the or the French and the British or someone. Uh, like I'm gonna, I'll Google it. But they, for Christmas, they decided that that for that night they were gonna stop fighting, and they actually like met in the middle of the field and like hung out or something like that. I'm sure Dude, I'm, I'm not know. imagining. So I'll, I'll look at, look it up. And you asked me about Artie Lang, and I'm gonna give you uh-huh. the, the quick Artie update just so we're clear. Yeah. Artie Lang has a podcast now. It's right. in the it's it's in the top five comedy podcasts. Right. He this week had Michael K, the announcer from the Yankees. I had you. Um, (laughs) Last week he had Lawrence Taylor from Uh the Giants I had this defensive end from the Eagles called Reggie Brown Uh You ever heard of him? Yeah, sure Okay, my show, Dopey, was on Podbean's top 10 health and fitness podcast Uh While Artie's was uh, the number 5 on iTunes Okay And um, I don't think Artie's coming on the show soon (laughs) Let's just call it a hunch And also, I actually like became obsessed with Artie coming on the show, as everybody knows. Right. And I had to talk to my sponsor about it. <laughs> and like, I decided I'm not gonna. I'm I'm gonna take the month off of Artie Lang. I don't quite understand why you're obsessed with him, aside from the fact that maybe he's the most famous and prominent former addict, uh, um, except for like I don't know Keith Richards. I don't know. Like, is that like why are you obsessed with him? Because I spent years and years listening to him. Uh-huh. That's why. Okay. And uh, and I spent. Bad times listening to Artie. Not to mention me and Chris recorded at Artie's house. I'm just an obsessive person. It's become like the fact. I think it's also funny that I've talked to my sponsor about Artie. Like I've done twelve step work around mm-hmm. Artie. I think it's funny. Is he is Artie? I mean, obviously he's aware of you now. Does he has he ever said anything mean to you, or as he said, stop stop stalking me, or anything? no? He's only been cool. He just he just ignores you. No, he responds. Oh, we, he does. We, yeah, yeah. He's just the the manager said just wait. So okay. I'm just going to wait. Yeah, that's what you should do. I'm just waiting. But when do I have to reach out again? I don't know. You're kind of the master of this. Of the obsessing? Uh, yeah, you I are. Know. I mean, I've never seen someone create... I mean, I don't know that many people, but I'm sure there's other people who are better, but I've never known anyone personally to, cre- to create something out of nothing better than you. 
you know. I think we should stop right there. Okay. <laughs> um, Merry Christmas, Dopey Nation. Stay strong and fucking toodles for Chris. There was not a lot of Chris, obviously, in this Christmas. But people shouldn't confuse Christmas, the birth of Jesus, with Christmas, us missing Chris, which is Chris's birthday at the end of August. Peter never mentioned Chris. We're going to do some Chris tributes for the New Year's show. Well, I never met him. No, of course. Of course. You want to say goodbye to the the Dopey Nation? Oh, Dopey Nation. You know, it's, uh, I don't know how to say this sincerely, but it's it's just amazing how people come together and support each other, and uh, it's just a beautiful thing to watch. It is. So uh, you, you're feeling it from the Christmas messages? Yeah, and the emails and the reviews and everyone's, and the PhDs and all that stuff, and everyone's saying, like, I'm, a, I'm an academic, and I, I'm in Virginia, and I help people with, you know, homeless outreach and drug, ad, drug addiction, all those messages, all the emails and stuff. It's really uh, quite amazing. It's amazing that a show so progressive could be so entertaining, isn't well, it? Well, I mean, it's just most of the things that people do to make money or even just for fun are like, you know, somehow taking advantage of people, exploiting people, like nurse practitioners help people, like librarians help people. Most of the things are are destructive, but you're actually doing a positive thing here with this show. It's amazing. It's great. Was it, should I, should I, are you going to take that out? I'm taking that out. <laughs> That's going to be on the old version. Stay strong, Dopey Nation, and fucking toodles for Chris. Y'all hear this? Makes it through the uh, big inbox of emails. Feel free to play a clip on the show if you want. I, if not, I know it kind of sucks. All right, uh, really appreciate it. Thanks, y'all.